are back on this Wednesday. Yes, hump the gun doing his thing, popping it locking. Sports take Jacob Sports. What's going on, guys? What's up, Twiz? Kevin, Mr. Taz, Spanish Philly, Tyler Sweenbolt, Anthony. What's up, man? Jim G. Oh, Captain Tony checking in. Oh, Sweenbolt, Mood Swing Bella. Uh, who am I missing? SB Ricky, Jim G. What's up? What's up? Where, where's Christy? Where Rebel? I'm calling him out right now. Where are they? Where are you at, Christy? Where are you at? Ooh, you at fitness room? Did I miss them? I'm usually the one. I'm usually the one calling. Oh, who's this? Man bar. I am. There you go. What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's doing good out there on this Wednesday. Very fallish kind of day in our neck of the woods. A uh, little little chill in the air. D-Gun, I, I turned the air off. Uh, M. Reyes, what's up, man? I turned the air off officially. Windows are open. What's Use up, Yellow Ranger? Off. Fitness Rebel's there. There you go. Fitness Rebel checking in. Christy. Hi, everyone. Not invited to my blog party. What does that mean? <laughs> That means you made the cut, at least for right now, till you get out of hand. All right, that's what it wow. means. What's up, MC? What's up, Jalen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's all good. I am a, I am a man bewildered as we sit here at this time. Oh no. Um, you know, I worked for NBC Sports for twenty three years. Yes. So I was grandfathered in with all the discounts that we got with cable and phone and stuff like that. Yes. So yesterday. Um, I turn on my TV, I'm channel surfing, and I go to movie channels, and I notice every movie channel says, you must subscribe. <laughs> like, what? What is this mess, right? And then I start laughing because um, being grandfathered in 23 years, it gave me an also additional three years of discounted service. Well, that came to an end yesterday, right? And I knew it was coming because I had gotten phone calls and emails saying, you're your discounts are about to expire. We we need to talk to you to update your package, right? And you just blew it off because you, you're not used to this kind of thing. Yes, Dude. I know. First Dude. of all, let me just say something. I worked there for 17, 18 years, okay? Yeah, yeah. You know what I got out the door? I got, I think, three months of the cable package. Three? I thought yeah. it was six. No, no. Three months? Yes. Yes. Dang. I got the absolute minimum in, in a lot of different ways, which we won't even get into, D-Gun, yes. out the door. As did a lot of our colleagues, our former colleagues. Correct, 
Yes. They, all, they all fell into that three to six month category based yes. on years of service. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm asking my kids, my kids know all this stuff about the pay apps, like the Hulu, all this stuff, Prime. So um, I'm talking to them. So I'm asking the chat room for a little help here. Um, who do you guys use for your cable provider or, or, or your cable in general slash internet? Because Rob, I'm going to forward you this email, you and Tone, I'm going to forward you this email that Comcast Xfinity sent me. I was speechless for about five minutes when I look at all the charges regular people have to pay for cable <laughs> slash internet. Welcome to civilian life. Okay. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I'm not paying for a third of this. I can, I can care less about the movie channels. It's insane. Here, here's the only thing, and I said this to you guys during our meeting. I, I care greatly about having good internet because yes. of what we do for a living. It is critical. Okay. Yes. So that's like priority one. And the other stuff comes in. Like I, I have basic cable right now. I won't get into whatever, who I use. Right. right. But the internet's critical. But I, considering that freaking bill that I get every month, I am really looking long and hard at, at making some changes. I will just tell you Ooh. that much. Yeah. Hey, man, look here. The high, I'll tell you this much about this bill I was gawking at. The the highest high-speed internet that Xfinity offers is 117 a month. I'm thinking, to show you how naive I am, I'm thinking maybe $40, $50 a month, right? It's a, $40, $50 a month? <laughs> oh, my God. You're funny. You are funny, man. Dude, you got to understand. I haven't had to look at this stuff in 26 I years. Know, and it, it does hit hard when it gets real. It, 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 you're, it got real for you yesterday, yeah. Dude, let me tell you something. I saw the 117. My hands start shaking like this, right? I'm like, I ain't paying. I ain't paying. And my, you know, because I got three people, we all work it on our on our laptops from home at the same time. You're right. right. Um, yeah, Moose Wing Bella said, back in the 90s, D-Gun. You're probably right. It does, it, it, Moose Wing Bella, it does go back to the 90s. He's not even kidding. I'm you, look at this absolutely a cable channel. I have my mom's files app access. So my son pays for all the apps. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. In terms of all this other stuff I used to get, dude, you realize I got every let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna share you with you guys something. Here's what I got, and, and this is with the cost going up, okay? Right. I have eight cable boxes in my house, right? Okay. Eight I got every look, Rob, I got every channel on the planet. Including the movie channels, right? Every uh, channel on the planet. Yeah. What's high speed internet? You know what my average cost was a month a month? A buck twenty. Oh my god. Oh my god. A buck twenty. All right. I'm serious. A buck twenty. Now I think it was cheaper than that back in when we started Comcast in ninety yeah. seven. Yeah. It was a lot cheaper. Yep. So even at a buck twenty, I'm like, I'm swimming, man. I'm swimming up river now, man. Mm -hmm. I'm against the current right now, bro. Yeah, it just got real. You're a swallow, is what you are right now. Yeah, it's, it's so, so going actually, against the stream. Yeah. So because because I have not responded to them in ample amount of time, and it drives my wife nuts because I put everything off. Now uh, with the letter of all the different costs of different things, it, it, at the bottom it says, "Because we have not heard from you, we have put you on the ultimate package for right now." And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I ain't paying for it. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta. You, you better you better make a phone call when we are done today. That's all. <laughs> Oh, uh, they're going to give you things you didn't even know you you could get and, and, and jack that price up. But good luck with that. And, and Yellow Ranger, I do have all these TVs with smart apps. So, you know, in that regard, I'm good. But in terms of all this other stuff, because now i got to figure out what sports channels do I absolutely need? I know I need NFL Network. Right. ESPN. Yeah. 
prime. You got to have prime for football season. Well, that's that's one of the apps that that goes with your apps. Yeah. You know, but I got so I've got to bob and weave, and I got to figure this out before five o'clock today. Before they jack up numbers even more. Hear you, man. You better yeah. get on it. Yeah, you get you got some homework to do after you get done today. So, um, so the chat room, help a brother out, man. Yeah. What do you guys well, have? They, they've been giving you good suggestions. You know, actually, they've been giving you man. very good suggestions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to keep throwing firing the, the gunner's way. He would appreciate. It. Um, uh, hey, good. This is great too. Uh, so offense, NFC offensive player of the week. DeAndre Swift, uh, well-deserved after he went off on Thursday night. Career kind of game for him. Career kind of game, uh, you know, a huge rushing game for the Eagles, yes. obviously. But, yes. uh, you know, well-deserved, man. Uh, this is, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you know, Derek, these kind of numbers are not an easy thing to do. So Swift, 28 yes. rushes, 175 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, a touchdown. Uh Coming off of two touches the previous week, he he exploded on the scene uh, in, in game two for the Birds. So good for him. You know, rightfully so. And you know who the def- the NFC Defensive Player of the Week was, right? Guy who plays down in Dallas. Yeah, they're on a collision course. I cannot wait to see that collision course, man. Yep. I'm telling you. Yeah, Micah Parsons, for, for folks who don't know who we're, who we're, who we're referring to. Yeah. Through two games, Micah Parsons has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. You know? Yep. And – and, and you know what, uh, Swift, deservingly so. 28 oh, yeah. carries, he was a one-man wrecking ball, you know, mm-hmm. and deservingly so. I hope that's just a small sample of things to come, although I will reiterate, I don't want to see DeAndre Swift carrying the ball 28 times. I don't want to see him carrying the ball 22 times a game, to be honest with you. I like 17, 15 to 17 yes. touches for him, all, all told. That's where yes. I'm at. Yes, yes, um, yes. So Parsons got defense, special teams. We'll be seeing this guy on Monday night, Tampa Bay's punter, Jake Camarda. Must, no must be kidding. doing a good job. Really? <laughs> I guess he's doing well. Uh, we'll get into Tampa's numbers. Maybe I'll, I'll dig his up. I, I, I'll i be honest. When I did my Tampa research and I did a lot of Tampa research today, yeah. I yeah. did not dig into the punter, and that's that's on me. <laughs> that's on me. Um, uh, AFC, again, not no shockers here. Josh Allen, who – Cleaned it up this past week and was yeah, he balled that. football. Yeah, uh, he got the offensive player of the week, Alex Highsmith, who who kind of doesn't get as much shine because of uh, Watt and some of their other players is who's phenomenal in Pittsburgh. Yes. Cameron uh, Hayward, yeah, yeah, uh, he got the defensive player of the week, and Nick Folk uh, got the uh, got the special teams player in the AFC for Tennessee. So uh, they are your award winners. Now, a couple things, Derek. It's official, not a shock, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, Avante Maddox is on the IR. He's done for the season with that torn peck. They've officially put Britton Covey on the active roster. So crash. (laughs) Yeah. I I would assume they've, they've been, they brought a bunch of people in Derek for workouts. Uh, William Jackson, who's a corner, uh, not a lot of household names here, but Ellerson Smith, who's an edge guy, a linebacker, Isaiah Moore, tight end EJ Jenkins running back John Kelly running running back Bryant Kobeck who they actually signed to the practice squad I would think there's going to be more corners maybe even safeties coming in here uh excuse me for that uh but they'll they'll be bringing some more folks in I would assume there's going to be something else happening uh, but again like I said yesterday I want to know are they bringing corners in because they feel there's a dire need or is it because of just depth you know that's what I want to know we, we still don't know it's because they don't trust all these young guys yet and they've shown that in the first two games, mm-hmm. or is it because they they just want to add veteran depth? Um, and we still haven't heard anything yet about uh, Bradbury. 
Mm. And here it is Wednesday for Monday. Right. So yeah, and they're back at practice today for what it's back going. at practice today. Yes, yeah. so I'm waiting to see some of the writers and see if they say Brad Berry's out on the field or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if we see anything, we'll pass it along ASAP. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, we'll, get, we'll get that to you. But yeah, that's a. Uh, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I, no, no surprise. You know, the hope was it wasn't a complete tear. Maybe you rest that thing up and, but you know, man, when you hear in any way, shape or form, a torn peck, you, you just kind of know it. It isn't good, man. It's, yeah. it's not, it's a shame. And he, he's such a good player. He just can't stay healthy. No, it's a shame. And now we wonder, have we seen the last of Avante Maddox in an Eagles uniform? Oh man. Um, You know, because this contract's up at the end of this year, I believe it is. If yep. I'm not mistaken, um, you know, just a, a good locker room dude, aggressive player, plays with reckless abandon. When he's healthy, he is one of the best slot corners in the game, no question about it. Yeah, but that's the problem. When he's healthy, this dude can't get through a whole season the same as life. And you know what? And some players are like that. That's not a knock against Avante because he's one of my favorite players on this roster. But he just plays with such reckless abandon, like the coach Bob Sanders did for years. That he he puts himself in harm way harm's way more times than not. Yeah. Um, I hope he can bounce back from this and he will. He's not he's still a young man. I mean, he's gonna come back, but will he come back with the Eagles? That remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, all right, let me ask you this question. Uh, you know what? Let me let me throw I, I'm gonna hit you with an Eagles question, but first I want to just touch on the Phillies. They play at 1220 today, but so I wanna just just discuss them quickly here before they get underway. But they lose last night nine three. It's not a shock, let's face it. And and the Phillies got to him in the playoffs last year. But when they face this dude in the regular season, he's virtually unhittable. Uh, Spencer Strider last night got him again, Derek. He's 8-0 and with a 1-9-0 ERA. He's got 72 strikeouts in 47 and a third innings against the Phillies in the regular season. He owns them in the regular season. Dude, he had 11 Ks last night. He threw 91 pitches and did not walk a batter. And get this, 57. Let me emphasize this. 57% of his pitches were fastball. The Phillies are a fastball hitting team. And except for for, for Aaron, uh, for, for um, um, Bryce Harper's three-run shot, right. this dude was, was like Elliot Ness in the Untouchables. <laughs> it couldn't touch you. It's a good line. Dude, you like that? You um, can use that. You can yeah, use that at WIP if you want to. I, I totally will steal that, yeah. But they, they know he's throwing a fastball. They still couldn't touch him. 57% fastballs. His stuff is nasty, man. Yeah, is. I'm telling you. He's and a beast. When you can locate a killer fastball, it's the most dominant pitch in baseball. Forget about anything off speed. If you locate your fastball, which he does, and you know how to hit the corners, you got to go up, down, inside, outside. It is the hardest thing to do in baseball as a hitter it, it, and, is to deal with those kind of guys. And that fastball sets up his breaking stuff with is just as nasty. Yeah. And you're right. When he's popping corner to corner and that fastball is hitting his location, dude. Yeah. It's, it's a sight to be holding. And, and like I said, I have no investment in the Atlanta Braves, but you know me, I've told you this time and time again, I love watching exceptional pitchers. Yeah. I do. Yep. You know, the game of baseball is inundated with great hitters, but yeah. I love exceptional pitchers. And he is definitely an exceptional pitcher. And, you know, Rob, the, the Braves went into that game last night on a four-game losing streak. You know, and, and a lot of their top relievers, uh, one of them had not pitched since the last Philly series last week. Another one hadn't pitched until Saturday. So they were like on cruise control. Acuna sat out a game or two. Right. Uh, speaking of Acuna, my oh. goodness. Huh. 
assert himself last night. Right away, man. Presence was felt. Yep. Do you know the the, the Braves have not lost five in a row in a regular season since September of 2017? Jeez. No, I didn't know that. So so basically this team this year's team, they can turn it on and off when they want to. Yeah. Okay. And who's pitching today? Who's pitching for the Phillies? Arnola. Who, who did you say? I don't I, – I can't even. Like, I, I, I don't even have the Ooh. stomach for it. I, honest to God, man. I mean, you know me. I, I don't even know if I can deal with it today. Bro, his last three outings, oh, four man. and two-third, four and a third, four and two-third. He can't even get five clean innings, okay? I know. It's He's so... giving up eight, seven, and seven hits, oh. seven, four, three runs, two home runs. He's – uh. What is it? Twelve. He's he's only he's only struck out twelve batters total in his last three outings, and his pitch counts have been 97, 84, 97. He's thrown ninety seven pitches in less than five innings his last three outings twice. I'm, I'm, it's bad, man. Okay, it's bad. Speaking of bad, I'm not sure you can put Michael Lorenzen in a game anymore. Goddard, what has happened to this dude, man? So. They did the piggyback thing where they they basically the intention was Sanchez and Sanchez wasn't great either. Let me don't get me wrong, but Sanchez was going to go five innings. Then they were hoping Lorenzen would come in and give him like three ish, yeah, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. So let me read you his stat line from last night. Yes. yes. All right, he comes in in the fifth. He goes a third of an inning, three <laughs> hits, four runs, three walks, no strikeouts. Six men of the seven that he faced reached base. And they yanked him. Rob Thompson didn't even let him finish the inning. Dude, you know, threw- okay, so this is after a no-hitter, and he went eight against Miami. He has a 923 ERA since then. I don't Dude, that's the most extreme I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. I can't blame it on confidence because when you come off a no-hitter, man, you're sky high. But ever since that no-hitter has been down, it's been a continuous spiral downward, man. Dude, he threw 37 pitches last night in a third of an inning. Yeah. 37 pitches. I mean, he comes in and he's walking guys and I'm saying, oh my God, he's totally lost. He's totally lost. I mean, three walks and you got one out. The the, the out to walk ratio was three to one. You know, I don't know. The only... Here's the only thing I think you you do. If you're in a game where it's uh it's 10-2, either side, either way, you're either getting killed or killing the other team. Right. You hope you can get him in in an inning and he just starts to get a little bit of confidence if he can get some outs. But anything that's close, he can't pitch. If if I'm Rob Thompson and, and my pitch is in trouble and I've got to go to the bullpen, uh, give me soda. No, 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 no. Give me off a rock. No, 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 no. Give me, give, give me a uh, g- give me Kimbrough. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, nah, just think. keep the starter in. <laughs> yeah, just, look, I, look, I know he's giving up 12 runs in three innings. Keep the starter in. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I, it's bad. So it's bad. All right. Um, uh, Eagles question for you. Yes, sir. Has your opinion of the Eagles changed? Their, their, your opinion that they can get to a Super Bowl or go make a deep playoff run or however, whatever your expectation was before the season. Has that opinion changed based off of what we've seen the first two weeks? No, not yet. It's too early. Still too early. Um, as flawed as their game has game has been overall, they have still generated six turnovers. Um, they are 2-0. and um, And they haven't even begun to scratch the surface offensively in terms of what we're expecting. Now, granted, 
they have faced two outstanding defensive coordinators in the first two games. They will face a third outstanding defensive coordinator coming up on Monday night. Um, I will say, give me until after the, hold on just, just hold on just a second here, Robert. I know you're an impatient man. No, I'm hold on, Rob. You got three hold hours, on. my man. Take your time. Hold, hold on, Rob. Let me, let me get here. So let's see, what are we looking at here? All right. Or, so after the Bucks, they have the commanders, the Rams and the jets. Uh, let me just say the commander and the Rams, right. two things we expect them to beat. So we, after week five, after week four, four, after okay. week four, okay, because right. I expect them to have problems with that Jets defense. Um, but I don't think the Jets can score enough to beat them. But they're going to have problems with that Jet Robert Salas defense. All right, so here's where I'm. Yeah, after the that defense. Yeah, no, um, I'm sorry. I, that you're right. Yeah. That that defense. Um, whatever the Jets lack offensively, and they definitely lack with Zach Wilson in there. But, they, but defensively, they're they're the real deal. That's for sure. Um. I 100% have not changed my stance. I, 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 right. you know, I think there's a big difference, Derek, between the P word and the C word, okay. panic and concern. Yes. No panic at all. Right. Uh, way too early for that. You have a yes. new offensive coordinator. You have a new, you know, you are doing some things differently, whatever. Um, and you have faith. Like you can't just blow off the fact that you face Belichick, who actually did a good job containing Miami last week. Yes, he did. And, you know, and, and Brian Flores, who is a highly respected guy around the league, even though he doesn't have Absolutely. the talent necessarily. Absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not panicked, but I think you're turning a blind eye. If you, if you don't, if your eyebrow isn't raised a little bit, you're saying, all right, I don't love what I'm seeing here. Jalen looks off. He looks hesitant. Looks like he's maybe thinking too much out there. I, I think, I think that's a fair stance. I think the concern word is fair. I think the panic thing is going overboard. And no, my total expectation hasn't changed. Think about it this way. Kansas City lost week one. I know it was without Kelsey and Jones, and that's huge. What did they have, 17 points last week against Jacksonville? Uh, yep, against Jacksonville, yep. Okay, they didn't light the world on fire last week. The Bengals are 0-2. I know I'm pointing to other teams, and it sounds like I'm trying to deflect. I'm not. I'm just saying. When, when, as weird as things are now in the NFL, NFL off seasons, where you don't put the same kind of emphasis on preseason games, sometimes it takes you a little while longer to get going on on one yes. side or the other. And yes. the Eagles, I think, have fallen into that category. Yes. And uh, what's their record again? Two and zero, oh. and and it's a hell of a lot easier, Gunner, to make these adjustments yes. when you're two and zero. Oh. Absolutely, and that's why I said. Um, I want to see after the first four what it looks like. Now, if they're 4-0, but the offensive output um, is same as it's been the first two games, then I have some problems because they're starting to hit the meat of that schedule. Right. That's when I start. My concern will increase um, a good portion based on what I've seen after four games. Because after those four games is when you you should truly have a gauge of what this offense is. Mm Mm-hmm. Defensively, we know it's going to be highs and lows because of the turnover in terms of multiple coaches and the youth movement they're on in the defense. And of course, now you got key personnel out, Nicobe right. Dean, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so the, the, the defense, Rob, I don't know what to expect from the defense. I probably need to see half the season before I have a, a true gauge of what to expect from this defense. The only thing I know about this defense right now is. It looks like it's going to be pretty doggone good against the run. 
Outside of that, even with Bradbury back, I don't know what the pass defense is going to look like, to be honest with you. Uh, okay, so um, I agree with you on the de- – like I'm giving the defense yeah. way more leeway because of these injuries. Uh, you know, you can't just overlook starting middle linebacker Nicobe Dean, starting nickel corner Avante Maddox. I, I, We don't know yet about Bradbury. You know, so yeah. th- that's more understandable to me than the offense struggling the way that it has. Like the offense – at least as far as I'm concerned, has to get their act together much quicker. I'm I'm all, almost going into these games, Derek, thinking the other team's going to put some points up. You're going to have to score. The yes. secondary is going to get hit a couple times. It just is what it is. You know, you're facing these kind of receivers they're going to be facing over the course of the season and in this week too. If Mayfield continues to play decently, this is also where your defensive line can do your back end a lot of favors. If they start getting to Baker and getting him jittery back there, and forcing him into mistakes, which he hasn't made this year. He doesn't have a fumble or an interception. Right, then right. I think it starts to change the, the, the whole outlook of all of this. But I don't have any doubt. Linebacker is scary right now. Cor- nickel corner scary. Safety's scary. They're all, they're all worrisome. You know, and if Bradbury's not back or not himself, you know, you get Slay back there by himself, kind of like he was the other night. And, you know, you saw Jefferson went off. Addison had a good game. Hawkinson had a good game. Yep. And I think yep. we could be looking at the same thing here against Tampa. Well, you know, Mike Evans is averaging what almost 130 yards a game receiving. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got 237 through yeah. two games, almost tw- almost nine almost 20 yards per catch for yes. Evans. 19.5 a catch, and he's uh, got 95 of his yards after after the catch. So Mike Evans is that guy. He's still that guy. Um, when I look at this Eagles situation, Rob, look at who they're facing the next few games for quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield. Sam Howell, Matthew Stafford, Zach Wilson. Now, Sam Howell, we, we, we agree. We see athleticism. He has a strong arm, and he's got a collection of receivers that can flat out go get it. So, I, I, to me, Sam Howell is still that un, unknown commodity. He's a rookie. He's still feeling his way, but he's shown the athleticism. Um, but in terms of matching up against personnel, now – Stafford and the Rams have really shown me something uh, so far with a bunch of no names, you know, playing for them. And you got to play them out on the West Coast. That's a little bit different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're playing with a bunch of no names at wide receiver. No, who are making but they're, you know, McVay showing you his chops. Yeah. You know? Yes. So, um, so overall things favor the Eagles in terms of their matchups, but because we don't know what this offense looks like yet because of the uncertainty of the defense. And as we've seen through two weeks in the NFL, you don't know what to be expected. You can't, you can't predict anything. And the way with the way prominent injuries are piling up, including the Eagles, you know, we, you can't even figure in the injury factor because you just don't know. We've yeah. been shocked every week from Aaron Rodgers to Nick Chubb and all those in between guys are falling by the wayside. Like, you know, just like dominoes, man. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know what to expect, but I feel good about the matchups based on personnel. Right uh, now, and, and Brian Johnson speaking today said, you know, in terms of the the touches for certain guys and the distribution, uh, he said, look, the, the, by just the law of averages, these things will even themselves out. In other words, I, I think it was probably addressing the you know AJ not being happy with his touches, whatever. And I hear that. I just think certain games, there's certain guys who aren't going to get the same amount that they're they're used to getting. I mean, it's just it's just 
it's the nature of the beast. You know, it's a good problem to have. Like when you only have one good wide out, yeah, that guy's going to get targeted a ton. Yes. Yes. But that's not the situation with the Eagles. No. And, and if you can impose your running will on, on teams consistently, the way the Eagles did against Minnesota, guess what? The running backs are going to get way more touches than the wide receivers, which means those lethal pass catchers that they have, are going to have to wait their turn because every game is situational. You take away one element from the Eagles, you got to go to another. One game is they're going if, to if, – if, 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 if a lot of teams are going to try to do what Minnesota did, which is take away the pass game, the running numbers are going to look real good. When they start cheating up to the line of scrimmage trying to take away the run, that's when the A.J. Browns, the Devontae Smith, the Dallas Goddard, Goddard numbers will go up. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know week to week what to expect. You know, I and agree when you, you talk know. about you talk about playing Dallas's defense twice, Buffalo's defense, Miami's defense, and the Jets' defense. Guess what? You're going to have more of a balanced game because you're trying to find out where the weakness is in the yeah. interior of those defenses. They're going to take something away, and it's just the go. way it is. I mean, there these guys go. are too good. A, the players are too talented, and B, the coordinators are too good. They're going to take something away, and and that, look, it happened last year too. The first game of the season, Devontae Smith didn't get anything against Detroit, if you remember. And, yes. and everybody was up in arms. Oh, my God. By the end of the year, was anybody talking about Devontae Smith not being included enough in the offense? No. Yep. It will even itself out. There are going to be some weeks where it's your turn and some weeks where it's not. Uh, you know, uh, Goddard didn't get any catches first week. For, by their own – I don't understand why, but DeAndre Swift got no touch, the two touches in the first week. That didn't make any sense, but it is what it is. It's going to change. It's ever-evolving every single week, and that's okay. And, and see, Goddard could be the odd man out again this week because Tampa Bay's linebacking core is so good. They're good in coverage. You know, so he could be the odd man out this week. Right. Now, if if, uh, if Tampa Bay doesn't have Carlton Davis on the corner, he's been out with a toe injury, that could bode well for the receiving game. I think it's going to be tough sledding against the run because Tampa Bay is a very good defense and Todd, Todd Bowles is a very good coordinator. Um, but where are they going to try to strike against this Tampa? And Tampa's going to try to get pressure on Jalen Hurts. You don't think Todd Bowles has studied what Belichick and Flores has done in terms of – 100%. And, 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 and Hurts has been dropped seven times in two games already. Mm-hmm. So you don't think they're going to say, hey, maybe, you know what? If we get pressure on Hurts, and if he's patting the ball and second-guessing himself, we have a fighting chance here. So what are you going to do if you're Ty Bowles? I'm coming after Jalen Hurts until they force me to do something else. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Look, I agree, I, and I, I think it's going to be – this is also, Derek, where we find out what Brian Johnson's made of, what Nick Sirianni's oh. made of. How are they oh. adjusting to what's happening with them? How are they getting Jalen more, more comfortable? He's clearly not comfortable for whatever reason with what he's seeing out there. So right. – this is this is why you brought him up. This is why you elevated him. This is why he was such a hot commodity. If you didn't make him the offensive coordinator, somebody else would have. So let let's see it now. You know that that's that's where we're at. We're in sort of show me time. Uh, and, and I I hear you what you were saying earlier. You know over the over the course of the next few weeks, I I really think this week's interesting because it's eleven days where you you yeah. really had time to sort of take a step back, evaluate everything, and, and make your adjustments. So I want to see it start this week from the offense. I really don't. I will go so far as to say this based on the extended time off. And what did Jason Kelsey say on WIP about the offense? Jason Kelsey said that they have not uh, played. 
as as well as they would have liked to. And he said they're a little bit on edge right now. Ah, the offense is on edge after two games. Okay. So you've had extended time now to sit, clear your head, watch extensive films of the little things that you may not be doing right in pass protection, pass routes, timing routes. I expect it to be more fluid Monday night. I 100% expected to be more fluid Monday night in terms of being who we all thought you're supposed to be coming out of the gate. If it is not, as we've said this week, we've got some major questions now about what this offense is with Brian Johnson at the, Johnson at the helm yep. moving forward. Yep, I agree. And if, and if Kelsey says the offense is on edge, let's watch closely to see if there's more intense in discussions along the sidelines during a game because that's uncharacteristic of this Eagles team. Right. You don't see that. You see it with a lot of other teams. You don't see these little heated discussion, hands flailing, finger pointing, you know, um, along the Eagles sideline in games, even when things are tense. If we see that, then 100% what Kelsey is saying is still evident. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's continue that, Derek. Uh, you know, let, let, let's look into how much of this is just Jalen not playing up to speed, how much of this is coaching adjustments. Uh, adjustments. How about the offensive line uh, in the passing game? How much do they wear this? And we'll get a little bit more into the Eagles' injuries. we got a lot to do here uh, on this day for sure. Uh, one o'clock, we'll dive hard into Tampa Bay and look at what they're doing so far. They're, they have an interesting setup with the the way they run things defensively. We'll get into all of that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Time to talk about Bravo Pizza, right? Lunchtime. Hungry? I know I am. I, I go for a little Bravo right now. Been going there since I was a kid, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. And they've been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew in there every day just creating spectacular food. They have a million options for you. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza. However you want it made, they will make it. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. All right. So let's um let's continue the Eagles discussion here, Gunner. If you had to, I don't know. Point a finger at why you think the offense is struggling the way it is. Would it be simply Hertz play? Would it be, you know, what you're seeing in terms of play calling slash scheming or teaching, however you want to put it, adjustments in game, offensive line, um, maybe rust in, in the early going, um, credit to the team that they're playing. Like, how, how would you, how would you assess the reason why they haven't been as maybe on point as, as we're used to. I think the biggest reason is in terms of how defenses are scheming the Eagles offense. I think that that's the biggest thing. I think, I think what AJ Brown said after the second game is so true in terms of when we step to the line of scrimmage, we see one thing we think is there. And then all of a sudden the defense adjusts on the snap and does something completely different and that throws them off kilter a little bit. Well, guess what? You know what? The better teams, offenses in the National Football League, adjust on the fly at any given moment. That's what you have to do. Whether it's a receiver adjusting a route, 
whether it's the quarterback sight adjustment, whether it's the quarterback coming off his first read quicker and going to the second or third options quicker, and that has not been as fluid. Um, I also believe a percentage of it has to be the way Brian Johnson is calling a game, you know, which is different from the way Shane Steichen would call a game. Um, and these things we, we, we've talked about all summer and in the training camp. We expect these things to take time. I just didn't think it would be this off. But even with that said, Rob, you know, Jalen is not where we expect him to be. He still completed 71% of his passes. Okay. He has still only turned the ball over one time, you know. Uh, well, one pick, one two. Fumble. The fumble and the pick, yeah. Fumble, fumble and the pick. Okay. But they're still 2-0. and oh. So it's better to learn from your mistakes when you're on the upside more so than the downside, because if they were 0-2, then you're talking about a panic mode in terms of trying to turn things around. But here's just a matter of ironing certain things out in terms of communications, uh, adjust site adjustments, things of that nature. Um, I'm still sitting here saying um, it's going to work itself out offensively, defensively. I don't know. Like I said, the only thing I'm sure about this Eagles defense is their run defense. Everything else to me is a huge question mark about that defense. Yeah. Let me jump on the offensive part first. Um, I I think it can be a sprinkling of a lot of things. And I, and I think it is, I I think for what, I don't think Jalen's going through his progressions as well as he, as he had last year. I think they're playing better defenses for the most part, uh, at least pretty good defenses so far mm-hmm. uh, in the season. And that'll continue on Monday. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think no matter, even if you've been in a, in a position that Brian Johnson's been in, if you haven't called plays in the NFL, there's going to be an adjustment period and we, and we have right. to allow for that. And I don't think we're allowing for it. And I, I we all assume the offense, which just, just wasn't going to skip a beat. And it's, it skipped a little bit of a beat. Um, I, I, I think they have made in-game adjustments. I mean, no greater example than Thursday when they weren't passing it well. They went to the run, and they destroyed them with the run. They, yes. they didn't keep trying to force-feed it. Yes. Um. So I think it's a bunch of different things. I think def- they're also seeing things they didn't see last year. And this is where their acumen as, as game planners and studying film and all this other stuff has to be – they got to step up their game too, the coaches. And Jalen does. Jalen's going to see things he hasn't seen before. It's it, it's a league where they're always looking to take things away from you. And then if something works, everybody becomes a copycat. And that's what we're going to keep seeing until the Eagles prove them otherwise. Now, I just I just saw somebody posted. Um, it said that, um, okay, Yellow Ranger. Uh, Slay mentioned on his podcast that they kept the play calling light for the quick turnaround. Yep. They lucky they won that game. Brian needs to do better with his play calling. Okay. So since that last game, last Thursday, all the offenses heard about is what's the problem with the offense. So now it becomes a pride factor. When you look at the elements on this offense, pro bowlers all up and down, offensive line, wide receivers, quarterback, now it becomes a pride factor to show people we are still a dominant offense. And that's why Monday night's game is so imperative. It is under the national spotlight. You are considered one of the most lethal offenses in the entire NFL, and we expect to see something close to that on Monday night. Anything less than that, the questions begin to magnify about this team. And, Rob, as we know, the more we have questions on the outside looking in, the more they have questions on the inside looking out, 
and a little bit more irritated and agitated they get on the inside looking out because their prowess is being questioned. Yep. Good. You know what I mean? I, I, I if whatever, that's fine. Let let them use whatever motivation uh, that works for them. Great. Uh, you know, you want you want to pay attention to the outside noise. Great, go for it. I'm I'm fine with that. You know, Kelsey talked about how they're seeing things they didn't see last year, and they're throwing a lot of junk defenses. They're never going to get anything vanilla again, and yes. they need to figure it out. I mean, they need to figure it out as an offense. You know, I, and I think the offensive line, um, in terms of pass blocking, has to be better than they've been so far. Like, if you look at the some of these ratings, man, I can't figure it out on PFF, but. Uh, Lane's ratings haven't necessarily been great. Kelsey's haven't necessarily been great. My Lada's was through the roof good last week. He played, he turned it around and played much better. The guards have been okay, pretty solid. But yeah, I mean, I, I think there's tons of room for improvement. That is, but I think it is a critical point. You're, when you only have four days off, you can't really change a ton. You're, you're, you just, you're sort of at the mercy of just do, getting everybody ready enough with somewhat of a game plan and rolling. This is where we are going to find out about them when they have this much time. There's no excuse that, hey, we just played a game four days ago, blah, 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 and here we go. No, you have plenty of time to make the adjustments and fix this. I, I will go so far as to say this, and I bet he was second this notion, and, and I would tell him this himself. I don't think Lane Johnson has played up to par the first two games. You know, No, no, he, has, he hasn't. No, he, he hasn't. hasn't given up an official sack, but I'm talking about guys getting around the edge on, on Lane and guys going under, under Lane to the inside forcing Jalen to the outside. I don't think Lane has played close to what we expected him to be, which is arguably the rest, not just the best right tackle in the game, but the best offensive lineman in the game. Yeah. You know, and I think he, he would agree with that as well, you know, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect to see Lane get back because Lane is a very prideful individual. If you know anything about Lane Johnson, know this. He's very prideful. He takes a lot of pride into what he has built. Um, and he takes a lot of pride into the fact that he officially he has not given up a sack in two years. You know, um, that means a lot to him. But he has not played like that guy through the first two games. And, you know, he's healthy. Haven't heard any injury reports about him. Um, now it's just a matter of seeing Lane level his game out as well. Now, this offensive line in the run blocking game has been phenomenal in that regard. Right. But pass blocking has left a lot to be desired uh, in these first two games. And I guarantee you, Todd Bowles is dialing up zone blitzes, delayed blitzes, blindside blitzes for this game coming up Monday night. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, that we'll get into Tampa in a second, but they're, and they're also defending the run very well. So we'll, you yeah. know, that's obviously a strength that the Eagles have. It's going to be yeah. a little head on head there to see what happens there. Uh, but, Let's just hop to the other side for a minute. Again, we haven't gotten any updates. At least I haven't seen anything um, on the status of, of James Bradbury. Uh, you know, hopefully he comes back. And if he comes back, obviously you feel good about your corner position in terms of your your outside guys. You you, you worry about the nickel here, what that's going to look like, because the injuries are on that side of the ball real, Derek. The Kobe Dean, uh, you know, out, you know, for for you know, certainly not playing on on Monday night. He's going to be out for for a little while longer. And we know now Avante Maddox. By the way. Dan Campbell saying that um, CJGJ has a, a clean tear oh. and their hope. No, their hope is actually that he plays by the end of the year with, with a torn peck. Wait a minute. A clean tear. 
clean meaning it, it was there there was it was le- it, it was an easier surgery i don't know if okay. that's the term but okay yeah you know, the, the surgery wasn't as complex as some other ones are that's what that that's what okay. it meant by that okay okay all right um, so anyway i just wanted to pass it along but you know i mean derek as we talked about you're you're looking at real inexperience here on the in in the secondary aside from you know a slay and, and bradbury i mean you're talking right. about if Blankenship comes back with the ribs, second year, first year as a starter, you know, Justin Evans, who, yeah, he's played in the league, but he was out of the league for a while. Josh Job, Mario Goodrich, yes. uh, Eli Ricks, Keely Ringo, Sidney Brown, all probably looking at quality minutes in this game. And how does that make you feel about Not the bad game in the defense? I worry about that. You know, I think it's a real concern. There's a lot of talent there, but a lot of raw talent. Yeah. It has to be refined. They have to see game situations, uh, multiple game situations to truly get a feel for what their assignments are. You know, they're learning on the fly right now, right. you know, which is tough to do, you know, but there are other teams that have to go through it as well. Um, I can't emphasize this enough. If they're learning on the fly, they're making mistakes but they're winning more than they're losing. That's an excellent place to be in because you're still piling up the wins and you're positioning yourself to be that number one spot when it comes crunch time, come December, January. Mm -hmm. If they start losing games while these guys are making mistakes, now you're scrambling. That's when I expect to see how he possibly makes more moves or bringing in some people with veteran presence. But then again, whatever you get, that's on the outside looking in, waiting for somebody to call them now. You wonder why they're sitting home because other teams, even teams that you know that aren't going to have winning records but need help, have not called them. That makes you wonder why. Well, that's why I still think there's a pretty good possibility that they make a trade, and he he digs into a team that's that's you know headed nowhere. Uh, you know, I I really do. I mean, when you have the 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 resources that they have in next year's draft, I I think you start looking at teams. You know, Arizona that's going nowhere. Houston that's building something, but they might have a veteran on their team that they'd be willing to trade to get more draft picks to keep their build going. Right. If things go sideways for the chargers or, or whatever, you know, yeah, any of those teams. Yeah. Indianapolis Indianapolis and Houston are prime examples of teams that could say, okay, this season is a wash, but we we're building in the right direction. And what's the best way to continue building is to draft better quality of players, not just the first round, but second and third rounds that can really help this team. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the veteran players with marginally good to big contracts, you're looking to move them to an Eagles team that is in line and is considered the favorite to get back to the Super Bowl in the NFC. What does the Eagles team want or a Dallas team want or a San Francisco team want? A player that can help us now, whatever position we deem needed at that time. And that's where you start watching Howie closely to see what kind of moves he's going to make. Yeah, and, and we know it's rare that he doesn't do something. Even last year when he got uh, Sue, uh, you know, and he made Linvel Joseph and some of the other moves that they made in season, some worked, some didn't work. We know Quinn didn't work out. But I, I would rather take a swing than just sit back and hope. And Howie is always an aggressive guy, and I appreciate that about him, that he'll always – look, you're going to give up picks sometimes. Sometimes you're going to miss on guys. But – you know, getting a Jai in 2017 was a, was a massive move for him. Steal. Helped the team in a big, big way. So, I, Derek, I think if, if we go out the next couple of weeks and the secondary is really getting fried, you'll you, something will happen. They're not just going to hope that the young guys all of a sudden who don't have the experience start playing at a high level. They'll make a move. 
No, th this is not this is not Green Bay that very seldom makes a splash move in free agency or during the course of a season. It's not one of those teams. This is a Howie Roseman team that Howie Roseman is not shy about giving up something to get what he needs at that particular time. We've seen it too often with Howie. And, I, and like I said, I can't say this enough. Howie is on the phone every day. Howie is looking at the depth chart every day to decide what they may potentially need. He's going over this with Sirianni. He's going over this with Desai in terms of what do you think we need? Howie listens to his coaches. And if they need something, if they need it now, if they need it next week, Howie will find a way to get it. Right now, the Eagles have two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, they have 11. They have 11 um, picks on the board right now. And that's included three compensatory picks as of right now. And they mm -hmm. should have a few more than that, mm -hmm. uh, as we know it right now. So 11 picks. I don't see Howie hesitating. They have a first, two seconds, a third, three, four fifths. No, wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five, five fifths and two six-round picks. I don't see how he – Five-fifths? That's including compensatory picks. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they have uh, a fifth-round pick from the Cardinals, fifth-round pick from the Vikings, a fifth-round pick from the Buccaneers, and two projected uh, compensatory picks in the fifth round. So they go one, one first, two seconds, and one of the seconds is from the Saints. Uh, two seconds, a third, which is a projected compensatory pick. Um a fifth rounder from the Cards, fifth rounder from the Vikes, fifth rounder from the Bucks, two compensatory picks. Uh, so they have a total of eleven right now, and I expect that to increase. Hmm. Um, so, you think how he's going to hesitate about giving up draft picks? No, he's Heck. not. He's not. And, and those young teams that are building are going to say, "Give, give it up." You know, they'll get a little cap relief. They get some picks for next year. You can make that happen. You know, and and like you said. There's enough teams like the Bengals, like the Chargers, like the Broncos who are 0-2 trying to figure things out. Yes. You know, meanwhile, the Eagles are, are 2-0 trying to figure things out with 11 yeah. days off in between. Yes. So they're they're in a better position. Those other teams are in real predicaments. And we're we're gonna actually discuss that later. But I, I don't I don't see this as being, oh my God. I look, the cream rises to the top. And there's there, I think Hertz is too good. I think the offensive line's too good. I think there's too much here. Look, when you can run the ball, you 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 considering the talent they have in the in the passing game, this should be a very balanced offense. And I don't think all of a sudden they just forgot how to play. I don't that and I respect Shane Steichen a ton, but I don't think his departure means the offense should fall off a cliff like this. I just don't no, see I mean, that happening. If they brought in an offensive coordinator from the outside, you would say, okay, there's an adjustment period here. But Brian Johnson has been here from day one. He's he's watched, he's looked, he's he's listened. He's had input to this offense from day one in the Sirianni regime. He is deemed as one of the next bright young offensive minds in the National Football League. But we also know that he wants to put his own niche on it. And because he hasn't been in OC, he has to learn how to call a game in downs and situations a little bit better. That comes with time. The schedule is set up perfectly for him to make his mistakes and still overcome those mistakes based on the opposition they're playing. Right. But we have to see a steady improvement through two games. We have not seen a steady improvement. We saw a running game bail them out the second game. Yeah. But we have not seen that steady improvement in the overall balance of the offense yet. And that will come with time. Hopefully it comes. It, hopefully it comes. If not, the season could be a little bit more interesting. All those projections that all of us have of the Eagles winning 11, 12 games, 
those projections become a lot more interesting if this if this offense does not balance itself out. Well, you're right, and I think that it what happens is you start looking at like wild card scenarios, and then you're in that thing, and you're on the road, and it's a look. One of the great advantages they had last year was they had an extra bye week to to let Jalen heal a little bit more. Uh, they and they played everything at home. It was it's a huge advantage uh, in that league for sure. Yes. Uh, all right, let's come back. Let's uh, let's dig into the Buccaneers uh, off to a two and zero start. Maybe one of the surprises so far uh, in the National Football League. What they bring to the table, their setup they have on defense, the setup they have on offense. Who are some of the key players? They have the off the the punter of the week, uh, the special teams player of the week. Uh, so we'll dig into all those kind of things when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding the right person to help guide you, um, you know, with your finances is, is critical, you know, and you ask yourself the question, am I, am I getting the most out of my money? Am I investing this the right way with the right person that I trust? I went through all those questions and I went through a, a bunch of different people and I found the right person in Jim Murray and principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business and you're trying to figure out your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team... 
We'll give you another 20% off, and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. back in everybody thanks for hanging with us as we enter the second hour of the program he's Derek Gunn I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Wednesday September 20th all right uh let's look at the Bucks here Derek 2-0 start for them so they've beaten uh the Vikings on the road 20 to 17 and they beat the Bears at home 27 17 so they've beaten one team that I, I think you know they were underdogs on the road to go to Minnesota and yep. win very very impressive win the other one let's face it you, you should dispose of the bears at home if you're them okay um now they, they the setup is last year they won eight and nine you know we know they had tom brady it's a much different story um they got in the playoffs because they were in a bad division and they got bounced by the cowboys in the first round really really weren't all that competitive so yep. i i think they came into the season with low expectations w- would you agree with that um, I agree a hundred percent. This is a Buccaneers team that no one projected to do much of anything. And I think we all consistently said it would be a race to the bottom of the NFC South uh, between the Buccaneers and Carolina, you know, uh, Carolina obviously is going through the growing pains with their young quarterback uh, but Tampa Bay has shocked a lot of people and has turned some heads in terms of where they are right now. Now, granted, they played the Vikings. Eagles played the Vikings. They played Chicago, which we obviously have found out in two weeks, still has a long ways to go before they turn the corner with that organization and their quarterback is a huge question mark in Chicago in terms of why have, hasn't he shown those signs of improvement the we all thought he would at this point. But the bottom line is the, the, the bottom line is number one, they're two and zero, oh, and Baker Mayfield is playing basically flawless football right now. Baker Mayfield is completing 70% of his passes. And I think that's directly responsible uh, to David, Dave Canales, who is their offensive coordinator. This is a guy who was Seattle's quarterback coach last year. Look at what he did with Geno Smith. Geno Smith was the comeback player of the year. Geno Smith finished the season completing 70% of his passes. So whatever this guy knows about quarterbacks, we're starting to see it right now with Baker Mayfield, who has been erratic in his career. Mm -hmm. He's been up and down in his career. You make a really good point where uh, Canales was last year. You know, and what he, how he was able to transform and get Geno Smith back because there are parallels, Derek. You know, Geno yep. Smith had been around for a while. Baker, not Baker, Baker Mayfield hasn't been around as long as Geno, but he's been around for a while. Absolutely. And they were sort of reclamation projects. And he's done a nice job getting these guys back on track. He worked with uh, Russell Wilson for two years. You know, we, when Russell Wilson was in his Seattle heyday, you know, a quarterback coach doesn't have to do a whole lot with a guy like Russell Wilson. 
But then he has to turn around and work with Geno Smith, Smith, who has been a habitual backup his entire career. And he turns Geno completely around where Geno was one of the talks of the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's face it, that playoff game Geno was in last year against San Francisco, first half he went toe-to-toe uh, with, that, with that 49ers defense. And then things began to unravel for Seattle in the second half because of turnovers. But if if what we're seeing is true to form in terms of this guy being a quarterback guru, now I understand better why Baker Mayfield has been playing more fluid baseball uh, football, mm-hmm. much more fluid game of football. Yeah, um, that is huge. That is so huge. Um, their their defense is very active, very physical. Uh, they get away with a lot of stuff on the back end in terms of clutch and grab, always yeah. have for years. Um, but offensively, their line has been a question mark. Their running game's a question mark. But Mike Evans is still that dude. So if, even if Bradbury is healthy, who are you putting on Mike Evans? Are you putting Slay on him? Are you putting Bradbury on him? Who are you putting Bradbury. on Mike Evans? Bradbury. I'm going to put Bradbury on him. Uh, what, if you move, what if you move Bradbury to the slot? Then what do you what do you do? You, I wouldn't I wouldn't move him to the slot in this game. Uh, but I'm not saying they wouldn't. Uh, they they obviously he's worked out there, so I think it's a possibility. I I however wouldn't. I'd have him on Evans. Um, I'd have Slay working on Godwin. Godwin, and, okay. And, and then you know they don't really have that killer third right now. So I no. I'm going to take my chances and not let those two destroy me because I don't think Tampa has a good running game either. No, and the tight end, what's his name? Otten, kid named Otten. Otten. Yeah, who who's been okay for them? He's been okay for. He's them. not a world beater, but he's a tight end against this, a defense that is vulnerable in the middle of the field. Yep. All you need to know without Nicobe Dean in there. So all you need mm-hmm. to know, and you're playing with a bunch of kids in the back end are still trying to find their way. Um, personnel wise, Tampa Bay doesn't have the personnel the Eagles do, but we've seen early in the season, Rob. There's certain games. The results have not been what we thought they were, and games have been closer than we thought they were. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's still early in the season and teams are figuring it out, it could be another one of those scenarios. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, so here, let me give you some uh, some stuff on them. So you mentioned Mayfield not turning it over. Uh, he's 47 of 68, 490 yards through two games, three touchdowns, completing almost 70% of his passes and a 104.4 passer rating. Yep. He, he looks good. He looks comfortable. Uh, Evans, 12 catches, 237 yards, nearly 20 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Godwin's been okay. 10 catches, 109 yards, and an 11 average. But okay. Uh, Rashad White, uh, second-year guy. He was, I think he was a third-round pick. 34 rushes, 112 yards. He's, but it's 3.3 yards per carry, you know, yep. in the one touchdown. Not great, you know, by any stretch. But they have some defensive players, man. Uh, White is a beast, 14 tackles. Vita Vey has already got a sack and a half, two t- tackles for losses, seven tackles altogether. Joe Tryon, uh, Shoyanka last week had two sacks. He had six tackles. So he's those guys, and I'm just mentioning a couple. There's a lot more than that, are playing very well. It's an interesting setup that they have. So Todd Bowles is basically the head coach and the defensive coordinator. Yes. And he utilizes two guys. Um as as the defensive assistants, Casey Rogers is the run game D line coach. Larry Foote, the former Steeler, is the pass game linebackers coach. So they function sort of, I guess, as as defensive coordinators, as co defensive coordinators. But really, Bowles is the one pushing all the buttons on that side of the ball. 
Well, normally, even a defensive-minded coach uh, that's a, that moves up to a head coach will hire a legitimate D.C. Todd Bowles basically says, this is my defense. I just want you guys to implement my law on defense. Larry Foote was a very good linebacker when he played uh, in the NFL. You yeah, know? it was. Um, so he's got he's got good defensive-minded personnel on that side of the ball. And so far, through two games, it's shown. Um, but Todd Bowles wants to make it very clear that this is my scheme and this is how I want things to run. And even as bad as the team was record-wise last year, they were a good defense last year. They fell apart when injuries really decimated that defense. Uh, so now they're coming into this game healthy. They're going to play a lot of games at the line of scrimmage with the Eagles. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's imperative. Jalen Hurts, Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, figure out what Tampa Bay is trying to do and attack the opposite of what they're trying to do against them to have a good measure of consistency. I, like I said, I don't think I don't think Tampa can match this team point for point. Mm-hmm. But I have seen Baker Mayfield play some games where he's put up 35 points a game. He looks like a pro bowler and come back the next game and look like he doesn't know what, what being a quarterback in the NFL means. <laughs> the, right. That's a great point. You don't know. I mean, you know he's going in with confidence. But you have no – like, that can change real quick. You get a pick early in this game. You hit him hard early, and he fumbles. And then he starts forcing things. He is a force things guy, and he starts yep. making mistakes. You know, this is every game. But the defensive line, if they're if they're impactful and they're hitting him, he, he, he'll, he'll turn into the bad ba- bad Baker as opposed to good Baker that we've seen. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's so no question about that. But that, That's going to be a key to this whole thing because it – and especially too, I they had I don't think they've paid the price so far, Tampa, for not having much of a running game. And I think this is the game with the, the Eagles come in as number one against the run so far. I don't see Rashad White or, or Rashad White or the or this running attack being able to do much here against them. So I think that part continues. If Baker's dropping back 40 times, he's bound to make some mistakes. And that's how the Eagles win this thing. Well, he's, he's averaged uh, 36 dropbacks a game the first two games. So, with that said. Um, it's not an it's not an outlandish number, but it's. it's nobody's, like, maybe, nobody, yeah. nobody's put him down yet. The Vikings couldn't put him down. Yet no. the Vikings got to Jalen Hurts four times. Right. You know, see, so what That's is it about point. that game? What is Have it they about improved that offensive line? Because you remember Brady was running for his life last, yes. last year. Yes. So what is it about this offensive, this offensive coordinator, this offensive line that is that has made Baker look that much better? You've got to get Baker on the ground. You've got to give him that element that we're going to get to you. You've got to put that in his head to unsettle him a little bit. Because even an average quarterback, and I consider Baker a little bit above average quarterback, you get him in a rhythm, you let him build that confidence. All of a sudden he feels he's a world beater. And this game has a different complexion to it. It just yeah. does. Yep. Yeah, no question. I'll, I'll get so here's their starting offensive line. Kristen Wirfs uh is the starting left tackle. Matt Feller is the left guard. Robert Hainsey is the center. Cody Mock is the right guard. Luke Gadecki is the right tackle. Now you remember Ryan Jensen, he's still injured. Uh yeah, he's he's the all pro center, but he's been banged up a lot. It's not a, they're, they're kind of no names. I mean, Worfs is the only guy who kind of stands out to you in terms of he's names. a first round pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cody Mock a little bit, but that but it's not not super household names there. So they're ta- they they they're big offensive line. Um, 
And obviously they pass block better than they run. Uh, they run block. Well, that that's huge in terms of th- this Eagles fast and furious defensive front getting after the quarterback, a front that only has, um, what, four sacks in the first two games? I expected them. To, I expected them to have four sacks in one game, let alone four in two games. I think they'll get home in this game. I do. I think they'll I get sure home. hope so. I sure it's going to so. be critical, obviously. And you know, and then uh, let me give give you some of the team numbers for them. Um, offensively, twenty three point five points per game. That's sixteenth. Uh, rushing, uh, one hundred and seven per game. That's seventeenth. Passing, two hundred forty three a game. That's ninth. So their numbers are they're okay. Uh, defensively, they're they're better. Uh, points per game, they're sixth. They're giving up 17 a game. Rushing, they're second behind the Eagles, 54 per game allowed. Haven't been good in the passing uh, game, Derek. They're giving up 248.5 per game, which is 24th. And, like, granted, this is a tiny sample size. Like, yeah. two games is, is not a lot to go off of, but it's, it's all we have to go off of so far. Yeah, um, and I know the passing game numbers the Eagles are giving up are skewed a little bit because they've been so good against the run. Teams have been forced to pass a little bit more. And the Eagles, I, I think I'm, a, I'm giving them credit that the DBs are playing off a little bit more based on the, the principle of keep everything in front of you. So those, those numbers passing-wise are a little bit a little bit skewed, I would, would believe. But you let a team pass enough, man, you guess what's happening? You're picking up chunks of real estate. And when you got a guy like Mike Evans, who, who is just as good getting those yards after the catch as he is going up over most DBs and making these incredible catches, that does not bode well. You know, um, to be honest, I don't care who you put on Mike Evans. You're going to have a problem covering no, no matter what. Yeah. Can you minimize his damage? That's the, that's the thing. I you look at to. it very similarly to, to the way I looked at it last week, Derek. I mean, you know, Jeff, Justin Jefferson, first of all, because your secondary was banged up, and secondly, because he – he didn't do much the year before you knew he was going to come in and get his, I feel like Evans is going to get his. You just, you just can't get destroyed by him. Right. Right. You're right. You're right. Uh, because when a quarterback gets in a rhythm with his favorite receiver, that's a nightmare for a defense, especially a defense that's still evolving. And if you're not getting the Baker Mayfield and putting him on the turf and getting enough hits on him, um, that dude's going to feel like a, a, a Roman gladiator in terms of what he feels he can do against your defense because his offensive line is giving him the time he needs to find whoever he needs in the passing game. Yeah. You know, and we don't even know how much, you know, Mayfield likes to throw to his backside of the backfield. I haven't even looked at that, st- that stat in the first two games, you know, because they don't have any big name bat- backs. Um, when I'm looking at the passing game now, uh, uh, not a lot. Uh, White's got seven receptions. Yep. Sean Tucker two. That's it, really. I mean, they, they don't. They just don't have their running backs are not anything to make you quake in your boots here. Yeah. So so eight 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 out of forty seven completions have been the backs. So they don't throw to the backs much. But what are they going to identify as the weak link? Is it coverage? Is, is it a one zero? Do they feel that their lead back? can get better one-on-one advantage against the Eagles linebacking core, whoever they have on that side. Or the tight end, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or the tight end for that matter. Yeah. Uh, we don't know, you know, because we look at Tampa Bay's roster for the most part and say, okay, offensively, it's an okay roster. It's kind of bland. There's no real big marquee names other than Mike Evans. And, you know, Chris Godwin is not a marquee name. Chris Godwin is a good receiver. 
Yeah. He's not considered a marquee name. He's good. He's not Mike Evans, but he's good. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, he's had in his career, Chris Godwin has had 3,000, three 1,000 yard seasons. And that's with Mike Evans having nine straight 1,000 yard yeah, seasons. It's impressive. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like, you know, what the Eagles have been doing, you know, multi thousand yard guys. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so uh, how do we, how do they attack? Now, you know, you know, Tampa's going to test the interior. They have to just to present a run offense, a potential run offense. But I can see them abandoning that run quickly if they're not having success and going to a lot of play action. Baker rollouts, rolling up, throwing on a run, stepping up and running, pick up necessary yards when he has to. So that's why I said the pass coverage is imperative in this game. A much better version of the Eagles pass coverage is imperative in this game. And, and look, Tampa looks at it from a standpoint of they're in a division where they can do some damage. You know, yeah. surprisingly, Atlanta's 2-0, uh, New Orleans is 2-0, the Bucs are 2-0, wow. and Carolina's 0-2. But, but that thing's pretty wide open. Sure. It really is. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the Saints have not been an offensive juggernaut that we thought they would be up to this point. No. Their defense has bailed them out a lot. We knew the defense was going to be good, but Derek Carr has not really found his groove in this is New Orleans offense yet, you know. Uh, Desmond Ritter has shown a lot of promise, but he's still not a world beater yet. You still got to build that resume yet. Uh, Tampa Bay's got to be feeling really good about themselves. Hey, through two weeks, we're neck and neck with the Saints and the Falcons, who everybody projects to win the division. One of those two teams they project. We're not look, we got to keep this thing going. There's a lot of motivation here. Plus, they're at home on a Monday night against the defending Super Bowl runner up. There's a whole lot of motivation as well. That's why I expect it to be a good game. You know, you know how much, and no matter how much we analyze, and I mean everybody across the board, no matter how much we analyze this game, you know there's always going to be that unexpected element that we haven't even thought about for both teams, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, can one team capitalize more so on, than the other? That's the huge factor there. Yeah. Um, if you look at their, I was just look at their schedule while you were saying that. This thing's doable for them. So the, after the Eagles, they they go to New Orleans. They have Detroit home, Atlanta home, at Buffalo, at Houston, Tennessee home, at San Fran, at the Colts, Carolina home, at Atlanta, Green Bay there at at Green Bay, Jacksonville home, New Orleans home, Carolina. You know they they could be a nine and seven, ten and six, and sneak in. You yes. know and win that division very yeah. much. So. Yes. Um. There's no question. I would not be surprised if if something like nine and eight didn't win that division. You know, ten and seven at the best. When I and that's looking at New Orleans and Atlanta, ten and seven to me is a winnable is is a feasible number to win that division uh, down there. And right now, Tampa Bay could very well be that team based on the schedule you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's what that's what the Eagles are looking at. That's what the keys are going to be to this thing uh, for them to get going. And obviously, there's. They just need to be better and fine-tune things. I think offensively, it's more about making some adjustments and corrections. And defensively, it's just hoping you get healthy and some of the younger guys figure it out. Like, this is where, you know, also, Derek, in addition to losing um, Jonathan Gannon, they lost Nick Rallis, who was the linebackers coach. They lost their secondary coach. So you have, you know, some guys who have moved up and some new people in there who are – who are trying to teach these young kids and, and trying to get them ready. Like, all right, your, your, your best guess here uh, in terms of who they go with to be the starting nickel corner. 
um, to go with Slay, and assuming Bradbury plays, which we don't know yet, nothing's official. Um, would you? Would it be Job? Uh, would it be Goodrich? You know, Ricks. I don't think they feel like Ringo's ready yet for 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 that kind of thing. Um, at least if, those if other I, guys have been here for for a minute. Some of them. If, if I'm making the decision. I keep Bradbury in the outside and put Joe in the slot because I don't think the Saint. Uh, I don't think Tampa Bay has a world beater in the slot. You know, no, normally, I, don't, I agree with you. The better passing teams will have a lethal slot guy. Um, I, I don't think Tampa Bay has that, so I would put I would put Job in the slot more so than I would Bradbury. I need Bradbury on the outside just based on the fact that you have Godwin and Evans. You know, and I need my my best corners covering both of those guys. You know, um, would Sidney Brown be an option in the slot? That remains to be seen. Um, but if he's not there, then that tells me they don't feel he's ready to assume an expanded role yet. You know, he played most of the game. Most of the snaps he got in last game were on special teams. Mm. You know, so that tells me that they don't feel he's ready yet to assume a bigger role. I don't care how athletic he are, uh, uh, he is. Um if they don't feel he's up to speed tech, technique-wise, reading what he's seeing in front of him before the ball is snapped, they're not going to put him out there yet. They're really not. No. No, nor should they. I mean, but this is, to a degree, you got to – the guys who they feel comfortable with, you have to see what they have. And then if that's the case, then you got to make a move if, if they don't. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I look at what they – they have coming up down the line, the Eagles. Okay. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, but the, the, the receivers they're going to be facing even next week, you get McLaren, you yes. get Dotson, you get Samuel, you know, the yep. week after that, um, I, these no name guys who are doing it for the Rams are, are just, it, it's crazy, but they, they have some guys who have stepped up Puka <laughs> and that crew and Tutu Atwell. Um, and then you get Garrett Wilson after that, even though even though we don't know who the heck's going to be throwing it to them, let me ask you that while we're on there. If if he looks feeble again this week, how quickly did Jets pull the plug there on on that on the Zach Wilson thing? Who are the, who who's the backup? That's a part of the problem. Who, who's the backup for the Jets? Yeah. Um, I'm, let's see. I'm looking. I'm, let's see. Where's their roster? Okay, well, the, the you saying literally who the, the backup's Tim Boyle right now. Okay. Just isn't moving the needle much. Is, is I he going to be any better? Is he going to be any better than Zach Wilson? Yeah, it's a million-dollar question. You know, I think they're going to have to ride Zach Wilson until they decide who the backup is. Uh, um, Tim Boyle, in four seasons, has played in a grand total of 17 games. He's got three touchdown passes, eight interceptions. Do you yeah. really think Tim Boyle is a viable option other than if Zach Wilson got hurt? I don't. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna ride. I think they're gonna ride this Zach Wilson thing. I think the backup quarterback for the Jets is not on the roster yet. I would agree. I, I, would I think agree. they're doing all of their options right now in terms of who's out there, who's best suited to bring in, who we can bring in that can put Zach Wilson, and if we put him in there, that can help us win games. Those are all tough questions to answer because there's not a whole lot out there, Rob, that can fall in those categories. No, and, and Brady came out and said that, that the Jets did not reach out to him. He's not interested anyway, but he said the Jets didn't reach out to him. So for for what that's worth, I, I mean, what you imagine, there's probably been a phone call with Matt Ryan uh, or Flacco, and or Flacco, maybe. Oh my 
in Flacco. Oh my goodness. I, I, I know it's not great options here. Wow. Oh my goodness. And you know, people keep talking about Carson Wentz. I don't oh, know if there's boy. a team in the league that wants Car- Car- See, I don't understand why Col- Colt McCoy has not gotten a call from somebody yet. Yeah. Colt McCoy would be my first option. Based on the amount of years he's played in this league, the amount of games he's played in, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy would, could be a, a, a significant push to Zach Wilson in that situation. Yeah. I believe Colt McCoy would be a more stabilizing force in that uh, stabilizing factor in that Jets offense right now than Zach Wilson is. And Zach Wilson has been there a couple of years. I would be on the phone with Colt McCoy right now saying, dude, what does it take to get you in here? Well, I, I just, I, whomever they decide to pull the trigger on, I, I'm not sure why you didn't bring him in like going into last week's game to, yes. to get him acclimated to the system. That way, yes. you know, if you go two or three weeks and Zach Wilson looks terrible, at least that guy's ready to go and knows what he's, you know, what the plays are and, and all that kind of stuff. That, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I don't know if they're trying to say if we bring somebody in now, we don't want Zach Wilson to be more rattled than he is thinking, uh-oh, I'm just a temporary fix until they get this guy up to speed. Yeah. You know, I, I, there could be a, that could be a part of the reason as well. But when you're a team that built this team this offseason based on the fact that we are built to win now, you know, desperate moves call for desperate situations. And we've seen Zach Wilson – hey, look – they won in spite of Zach Wilson that first game against Buffalo. You know, they lost the last game because of Zach Wilson yeah. in a lot of ways. Zach Wilson yeah. had one decent throw, a deep post route over the middle to get to Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson, who took it to the house. Yeah. But you look at his play overall the rest of that game, he was rattled the rest of the game. He was overthrows, yeah. underthrows, throw it away. He, so that tells me right now. We have to make a move now. We can't worry about Zach's feelings. If Zach wants us to have trust in him, then show us in his play. Zach has not shown in his play yet. And that, that's been- why I said to you after the first week, I'm like, he was thrown into that. Now he had a whole week to think about it. Yes. I, and I think he may be worse off having that time to think about it rather than just being tossed into the fire. Yeah. I, I, listen, I got you, man. And, and, so, all right, this week, let me just throw it out there. So they're they're facing a New England team who has owned them to the yes. tune of 14 straight wins, and it's at New England. New England's pissed off because they're 0-2. I, I, don't, I don't see the Jets winning this one, or the game's at New York, excuse me, I don't, I, but I don't see them winning this one. And you and you got to play a Belichick defense. Yes. And you know Belichick's going to come after him because of what he's seen on film. Yes. He's going to get in his face. He's going to send the blitzes. He's going to disguise, well disguise his schemes and totally confuse Zach Wilson. I expect Zach to throw a couple of picks in that game. I do too. Because, do. because he's he's not sure of what he's seeing. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, exactly. And, and, um, and shame on the Jets. If they don't, if that happens, they better be on the phone Sunday night with somebody bringing somebody in on a red eye. I think they're one bad, one more bad performance away from somebody coming in. All yes. right, let, let's get a timeout. We'll do a little fact or fiction in the NFL when we come back. We'll look at some of the biggest surprises, and that can that can swing either way, good or bad. Some of the major injuries in the NFL. We keep the football talk going. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. All right, let's talk about pro action. Restoration, proaction restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, 
and you go through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, or mold damage to your property or your building, uh, and you're not really sure what to do, right? Proaction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. They can handle any of the above, you know, water, fire, smoke, whatever, mold remediation. They're, they are equipped to come in and take care of the problem. I can tell you this because I reached out on a Saturday, which is, you know, sometimes you, you get a voicemail and you're just stuck until Monday. That wasn't the case uh, for me. They came out to my parents' house. They cleaned up uh, the problem. They fixed it. The crew was professional, clean. The price was right. Every box checked. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling. Asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. 
We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. D-Gun, R. Ellis, hanging out with you on this Wednesday, getting you geared up for the Monday night game between the Birds and the Bucks down there in Tampa. That's always been a weird place for them, too, Derek. You, you, you've covered some crazy remember, – remember the Chris Bryant hits like a 60 – 60 yard or whatever it was yeah remember that day it was steaming hot yes down there westbrook went crazy one game down there they've had some weird games in in tampa yeah i've 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 been down you talk about humidity uh man you you, it's like wearing a a a jacket um (laughs) when you talk about the humidity in florida man uh yeah i've been to some crazy games there um it's a it's a good atmosphere good football atmosphere stadium yeah. Um, access is great um, to, to the stadium. Um, but you're right. Um, it, it's one of those places where you just go, wow, this is a little different. You know, <laughs> they have that they have that pool in the end zone where people, you know, uh, can sit in the pool and watch the game. Right. You know? they have the, the, the cannon goes off when they score a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, wow. You know, the so. pirate ship. Yeah. Oh. You know, but it's a great it's a great atmosphere. It's different. Yeah, you got the big pirate ship there. It's 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 a different atmosphere. I like it. I do. I like it a lot down there. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So a couple things around the league. Let, let's start by looking at some injuries here, Derek, because we we've seen some wow. So through two weeks, some real season changers. Starting with Aaron Rodgers, uh, and we we were just talking about you know the Jets and the predicament they're in, and it, and it's such a shame. That's it's got to be so hard. At, like for, for example, if you're Joe Douglas you feel like you really put together a heck of a roster, you yes. know, a, a, an offensive roster that complements uh, Aaron Rodgers. You bring in Dalvin cook. You already have Brees hall. You have Garrett Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. Defensive side, you've done a heck of a job drafting and, and making other moves. And, and within the very first series of your, of your offense, your very first series of the game of the season, it all flips on a switch. And now you, you got to just pray that you get competent quarterback play. Just to just to even get to the postseason, you know, after Rodgers went down seventy five seconds into the season, I, I would imagine that Jets brain trust is sitting in a dark room at their facility with their heads down in their hands and nobody's saying anything. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would imagine that's got to be the most demoralizing thing ever. Your fan base has been through the roof. Your merchandise sales through the roof. You've had record numbers of people come out and watch your practice sessions at training camp. They're beating their chest. They're, they're braggadocious, calling it Jets Life Stadium. And all of a sudden, one play changes the entire complexion of your season, and you're back to the guy that nobody trusts in Zach Wilson. In Zach Wilson. And two, two games that he's been in, you're sitting there going, I can't believe we've got to watch 15 more games of this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, and no, and, and when you're, you're having flashbacks to the reason why they did everything they could to get Aaron Rodgers too. Uh, and, and dad makes a good point here. Sills. Um, we've been through this with Brady, but they're, they're honoring Ron day who, who went into the hall of fame. 
Yeah. And uh, we all remember the interception that he's he's still running, I think, right now on the one that Joseph, he picked off Joseph is still strolling down 95. That is the one. That's the game. That's the game that, that left the biggest scar uh, for Eagles fans. I'll never forget that game, Rob, as long as I live. There was so much excitement. I'm sitting in the press box. There's so much excitement. There's nobody thought Tampa Bay was going to come in there. On What was their record? They were like 0 for something and games played below 32 degrees. Below 32 degrees, yep. And Eagles get off to a great start, go right down the field, opening drive, and punch it in for a touchdown. Or was it Westbrook on a return? They they started out. With it was touchdown. Mitchell, B- Brian Mitchell, Brian Mitchell. Okay, as a real good punt return or kick return, excuse me. And then Deuce punches it in, and it's seven nothing. And you're saying to yourself, "Oh, this is just, this is over. Keep running it down their throats, and they're done." And the fan base is at a you know a fever pitch. It's the last game at the link, you know, and you just you just know for a fact that Tampa Bay uh-huh. is going to be your victim on that day. And then things start unraveling, you know. And when Rondé Bart, when Donovan threw that pick, there was a silence over that stadium that you rarely hear at an Eagles football game. And everybody just sat there in shock. And the funny thing is, as he's running down the sideline, hadn't even reached the end zone yet, you see a mass wave of people getting up, walking to the exits. Mm-hmm. And that's when you knew it was over. And even in the press box, we're all sitting there going, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, even even winning the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl did a lot to help that heal, okay? But it didn't fully heal it. It didn't. Like it, no. It's one of those you just – if you're a fan of the team, you don't – that. some people say Carolina the next year. I disagree with that. It, it was absolutely Tampa for me. Absolutely. Uh, well, and Dan's, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten over the 1980 Super Bowl. That is correct. Rod Martin had three interceptions in that game. Jaws struggled. Kenny King killed them. Uh, yes, I have not gotten over that game, as, as if you couldn't tell. But yes. So, Vermeil, so for, Dick Vermeil had him too tight for that game. Don't get me started on bad losses. I, I will lose my mind. No, 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 no. You brought it up. I got to start. You have been a diehard Eagles fan since you were brought into this world. That's correct. What is the one most, the one most demoralizing loss in your lifetime? I would go Tampa. I would go Tampa. So when I was, I was a little kid when they lost the Super Bowl in 80 and I sat in my seat, like crying, you know, but, but as, as an, an adult at that point, when they lost to the Tampa game, when they lost the Tampa game, because you, you just felt like it, it was so set up. They were going to go play the Raiders. They were going to beat the Raiders. Finally, Andy Reid was going to have his championship. Donovan, blah, 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 blah. And it all went to crap in the very last game of the vet at the vet with all of the, the, you remember the Eagles too, leading up to that had, had really had Tampa's number. They had beaten them in the playoffs. They had beaten them during the regular season. Yep. All those things. And you yep. lost to, to Brad, a great defense, but you lost to Brad Johnson, man. Like that should yep. not have happened. Should not have happened. So I'm not over it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought that up. I'm sorry. You and Dan, come on. Come on. Wait guys. You need to tell me that the 17th Super Bowl didn't help ease it it helped. Seal your wounds. It helped. It definitely helped. Uh, but I can still like other ones went away. I still see that scar. It's still there a little bit. Yeah. The one. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan said, said he was, was on air in Tampa yeah, during that time. He couldn't believe they won. None of us could, Dan. And they look, they came in and kicked the Eagles' tail. They just did. There's just no other way to put it. They they handled the Eagles, and they deserved the win. Um, all right, so we were talking about the major injuries. Rodgers, obviously. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's oh. a killer, man. Oh, That's a killer. And 
you know, you lose somebody that talented, it makes you less, uh, less multi as, as they like to say, which means, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll get to this, but they, they brought in, I think a smart move. They brought in Kareem Hutt uh, oh. and good for him. So, uh, but still you lose a guy like that, who is arguably, if not the best running back in football, top three, you lose a guy like that. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Uh, forget about losing him as an athlete. I'm praying for that young man because um, I've, I've seen it. I've saw it accidentally the play from different angles. People started flooding social media with, and it made me cringe just to see his knee bend like that. That mean, and that means every ligament just just gave. Yeah, you know when you see a knee bend like that, dude. That's one of the most devastating things you could ever see in professional sports. Um, and and, and I don't know if he's going to make it back next year. You know, Leonard Weaver. Look how long it took him try to, to try to come back. Yeah. You know, you don't know if Ch- Nick Chubb is going to – you don't know if Nick Chubb is going to play again in the National Football League. If you missed it, uh, we, we had Leonard Weaver on yesterday uh, at 1230. Uh, you can always go back and watch it, uh, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. It was great. He gave great insights, Derek, to, to his injury, to, what, to, to the mental state, that what he had to go through yes. with not being able to get back to the NFL and, the, and you know, frankly, the depression that, that, that hit him. And, yes. you know, it was, it was really good stuff from him. It was really, really interesting. And he's a great – what a great story. He's coaching at Carson Newman now. And he, he has aspirations to coach in the NFL, and I wouldn't put anything past that guy, man. I'll, I'll the, tell you that. The consummate professional, one of the nicest gentlemen you ever wanted to meet in your lifetime. You yes. Know, he's just that kind of person. But, um, yeah, Nick Chubb, man, a lot of people praying for you, young man. Um, you know, it's a shame, but that's football, Rob. Yep. When you're in a profession where your average lifespan is three and a half years, and once you pass that threshold of three and a half years and you're thinking you're almost invincible, and to have your career come to a screeching halt like that, well, not just your season, potentially your – you know, when you're talking about a pec, ACL, even an Achilles, you know there's still a possibility of you being able to come back. When you sever a knee like that, when you just tear everything in your knee like that, the possibility of coming back as a running back is less than 50%. Yeah. And this is a young man who's still in his prime, still had the ability to make good money for himself as a professional athlete. And there's a long road and everybody heals differently, you know. Um, But he's once he gets over the shock of what happened to him, he's got to not just go through rehab, but he's got to start planning as well. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Like football. Yep. Uh, the other ones, look, they don't appear to be long-term, but, and to the Rams credit, they've done a nice job without them, but you know, Cooper cup's been a big blow to them. Um, you know, we'll see when, when, and if he gets back, he's on the IR, there's nerve damage. Apparently he's seen specialists regarding the groin. I think they did the smart thing, not trying to make this a week to week thing, just telling him, Hey man, shut it down. Let, 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 let's get a bunch of games under your belt before you can get back here. I, I think that was, I think the the Rams actually really made the right move with this thing with, with cup. Well, they had to, they had no choice. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about hamstring, that's one thing, but when you start talking about potential nerve damage as well to the hamstring, yeah, um, that's a serious injury. I mean, if you put him back on the field too soon, you may lose him for the entire season. If he tears that thing one yeah. more time and it's affecting a nerve in that leg somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They made the smart move as much as we want him on the field, as much as we know we need him on the field. Um, his long-term prognosis is a lot more important to us than his, than our immediate needs. And, and obviously 
uh, from the numbers we're seeing these other guys put up, we're doing okay without Cooper Cup. Yeah. No, they really are. It, it's uh, let, let me just th- again. I'll I'll throw these names at you. Honestly, I wasn't familiar with any of these guys. Okay, I, I just just keeping it real. Uh, so right now, Puka Nakua is the nice. leading receiver. He's got 266 receiving yards so far this season. He's averaging 133 per game. Two two Atwell. He's got 196 receiving yards so far. 15 yards per catch. He's averaging nearly 100 per game. I mean, that's who they're doing it with. I mean, those guys, Tyler Higby's a solid tight end, you know, but Van Jefferson hasn't played well. He's got a bunch of drops. It's the other two guys that have really, really picked it up for them. Obviously, uh, especially with them talking about trying to trade a Cam Akers, obviously uh, they're, they're, they're living and dying by their passing game. And, and these guys are keeping them in games. I mean, I thought, I thought they could have won the first game. You know, they blew an opportunity to be two and oh coming out of the gate. Yep. And that's why I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing exactly what is this team in a few weeks when they have to go out to the Eagles have to go out to the West Coast. Yeah. You know, people are talking about Matthew Stafford's looking good in terms of accuracy and getting rid of the ball. Um, the defense basically is a bunch of no names other than Aaron Donald in the middle of that defense. But the defense has played well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but Sean McVay is and rightfully so one of the most creative offensive uh, minds in the game. Yep. You know, they fell on hard times last year. Injuries uh, fell this team big time. Um, They sold their soul to win that one Super Bowl, and now they're in cap hell. They come out of it after this season, but they've got to to navigate through this season. Um, I think that if if they continue the course, there's some great stories about the understudies that receive. Agreed. You know. Yeah, and his coaching acumen too. And, and look, I think what look is when Stafford's healthy. Stafford's a good quarterback, and yes. I, you know people want to sometimes want to just dump on that guy, but he but he is he's healthy. Um, and this is the other one, Derek. We we just don't know Burrow with the calf. It's clearly affecting him now. And you're talking about a team that's getting desperate right now. You don't want to start zero and three. They've been down the road of zero and two before, and they've turned it around. But you don't want to think about zero and three here. Now, and we don't know if Burrow's going to play this week because if he has no mobility whatsoever, that thing is not easy to overcome. If he's aggravated that, that could be a couple more games before he's ready to play again. Yeah. Which means you do put yourself in the position of being 0-3, 0-4 with a backup under center. Jake Browning. Jake Browning. Is the backup? That's what you're looking at here. Oh, that's bad. uh, That's bad. That's that is that is whole you know cross the fingers and, and and all those good things, but that's good because that leads us right into our factor fiction here. Now the Bengals this week have the Rams, Derek. That's part yeah. of the Monday night doubleheader with the with the Eagles. They're the the second game here. Yeah. Um, that game is in Cincinnati, but the but it's the Rams uh, against the Bengals. So here's part of our factor fiction. And I'll ask you first: Will the Bengals turn it around? Oh, they have the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals, Seahawks. See, they have they have consecutive games against the Seahawks, 49ers, Bills. Yeah. That's a big stretch for them. Then after, then they get the Texans. After that, they get the Ravens, Steelers, Jaguars. Whew. They close out the season. Get this. Their last four games of the season are against the Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. Yep. Um, I do believe – they will turn it around. I don't think 
last year, as you said, they fin- they started 0-2. They finished 12-4. and I don't think they are a 12-4 team. I think they are a 10-win, 11-win season if they can get Burrow healthy. But because that calf injury is such a nagging, unpredictable-type injury, it's going to be tough. So I will say they will turn it around, but they will not win 12 games. I agree with you. I, they're not winning 12. I, I, I think they're – I think it's going to be a struggle to get 10. I do. I, I, you know, and the problem, they're in a tough division. Baltimore, yep. you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and, and that you know, you're going to be dealing with those teams twice and not easy. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a real struggle. He, 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 I, I try not to read too much into expressions and somebody's face and all that. You looked at Burrow at the end of that game. He knows it's bad. Yes, he, he knows did. the calf is worse than, yeah. than maybe yeah. even they're letting on. So, well, I don't. Yeah. When he came out and said, well, you know, when your quarterback doesn't have a training camp, you know, these things happen. Jeez. So he, he, I believe him and the training staff, to be honest, I believe him and the training staff said, Joe, how do you feel? Can you mm-hmm. do this? And him being a competitor that he is, especially after getting that big money, I can do it. I can get out there. All right, Joe, we're going to do everything possible to tape it up and do everything we can for you. Um, and it worked to a certain degree, but not enough. And now they're looking at a setback right now. All right. I, I want to get, I want to hit you with a couple of other factor fiction around the NFL. Then I want to hit you with an Eagles factor fiction uh, around the NFL Broncos. Sean Payton comes in. He's going to fix Russell Wilson. You know, he's beating his chest. He's ripping the, the people who were there before. Somehow he, you know, he rips the jets, the whole thing, you know, goes after Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron Rodgers comes to his defense and all that. So when you do all those things, you're setting a pretty high bar. For yourself, they're zero and two, and they haven't exactly been beaten by great teams. I mean, they lost at home to Washington last week. Yep, um, and they blew a big lead to Washington. They blew a big lead to Washington. Will the Broncos be a playoff team? Fact or fiction? The Broncos are a playoff team. Uh, fiction, fiction. Um, whatever problems that reared its ugly head all last season, Sean Payton hasn't figured it out yet. I do expect to see the product to get better. But when I'm looking at their schedule, that consists of Miami, Jets, Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Minnesota, Cleveland, Chargers, Detroit, New England, Chargers again, Raiders. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I think I think Sean Payton – well, here's what Sean Payton has to do. And, we, and let's face it, I admit it. I have to raise my hand. I thought Sean Payton would go in there and immediately turn it around. Here's what I think. This is an evaluation season for Sean Payton. They have to figure out now who is a Sean Payton-type player and who is not. Mm -hmm. Who does Sean feel he can win with and who does he feel he needs to get rid of to replace either with youth or to explore the free agency market next March? Um, I think this is what this is coming down to. Um, I think they'll win more. They won, what, four games last year? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a disaster, yeah. I think yeah. they'll win more games than they did last year, but I don't think they'll have – I don't think they'll, they'll be close to a playoff team. Okay. Um, commanders are 2-0. and Yep. Will the Commanders win double-digit games? The Commanders will win double-digit games, fact or fiction? Oh, my goodness. They won – they won eight. They won eight, eight, and one last year. Yep. Wow. That's Will a tough one. Double digit. It's a good start. The two and zero. Oh, 
Wow. They're getting we'll decent play out of Hal, uh, which was the biggest question going in. I'm going to say fiction. I still think they're a nine-win team. You think they'll win nine? Yeah, I, mean, I think they'll be nine and eight. It's not going to be enough to get in the playoffs. Okay, so they have Buffalo at home this week. That's and seven and eight the rest of the way. Okay. And they're at the Eagles the following week. Right, right. Then they have the stretch of the Eagles, New England, Seattle. Then they have another stretch of Dallas, Miami, Rams, Jets, 49ers, Dallas. No, 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 no. All right. Do you think that they're under 500 in your yes. estimation? Yes. Okay. Um, their, last, their last six games, Rob, Dallas, Miami, Rams, Jets, Niners, Dallas. How many of those games do you think they're winning? Nah, few and far between. I yeah. think they're a sub five hundred team this year. Okay, all right. I want to go individually, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna specify this to the Eagles here. Okay, AJ Brown. It has not been a great start, right? Everybody everybody acknowledges that uh, that he has not started off all that well here. Um, so last year, fourteen hundred ninety six receiving yards. Will AJ get to? I'm just going to say 1400. I'm not even going to say 1500. Will AJ Brown get to 1400 receiving yards this season? No. With the addition of DeAndre Swift, um, the running game, Goddard, if he stays healthy, Devontae Smith gets his touches. Right now, AJ only has 11 catches through two games. He's only been targeted 16 times in two games. Okay. He has he has 108 receiving yards in two games. He is frustrated. We get that. I don't think he'll come close to 1,400 yards. If he gets 1,200, that's still a great season. Oh, yeah. If he gets 1,200 yards um, and, and Devontae is over 1,000, still a great season for those Absolutely guys. Absolutely it is, yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll get to 1,400 this year. I don't either. Uh, I don't. I didn't think he did. I, I said this before the season. I thought it, his numbers would take a little bit of a dip because I think Devontae's are going to come up a little bit because he's he's still getting better and better. Uh I, we also we haven't seen really anything from Dallas Goddard yet, too, Derek. He starts no. catching the ball a little bit more. That's going to maybe take away a little bit uh, from AJ. I still think AJ can get you know twelve, thirteen hundred yards, no doubt. And I, and I actually think I'll have a good game this week. I think even though they won't admit this publicly, I think they'll make it a point to try to get him going early. That wouldn't surprise me. That's kind of something that Nick likes to do. So I, I think he'll have a good game this week. Everything will calm down as far as that stuff goes you know, that, that he isn't satisfied with his touches or, you know, whatever. But I don't think we'll get to 1,400. I, w- I would agree with you on that. All right, well, l- let me ask you about Jalen Hurts then. Fact or fiction? Jalen Hurts will throw for 4,000 yards. That's 300 more than he threw for last year. Fact or fiction? Wow. That's a tough one. It's a slow start here. Sure. I'm going to say no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no because the running game will balance out what they do, and especially if they have leads in the second half of games, they're going to go to the power aspect of their of their offense, which is that run game. Um, and especially again, health health is a big factor. Um, unless teams can force them out of their run game, which I don't know how many teams can. There's a few on that schedule which will test their run. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they're going to be able to run the ball with a balanced offense, I don't think he gets to 4,000, to be honest with you. 
man, I hate to be a prisoner of the moment. I, I really do. Like, and I feel like I am being a prisoner of the moment when I say this. It just doesn't feel like it for some reason. It just feels yeah. like it's. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute it to the the, the better level of competition that they're gonna play. Yes. And I'll yes. say he comes in right under it. I think is I think it's gonna look similar to last year around around. Uh, I give you a round number. I think it's gonna be about. 3,500, which is a right around what he was last year. So I'll mm. say it's in that neighborhood. Some of it is, is maybe them running a little bit more with Swift. Like you said, I think it's the competition. I think there's more of a, an acclimation period here with the new offensive coordinator. I think all those things come into play. And for all those, again, when, when we say this, or I don't want to speak for you, but when I say this, I, that doesn't mean I think they're going to have terrible years here. They had crazy good years last year. It Just because the numbers go down a little bit, isn't that big a deal? No, it doesn't. If you're still adding up the wins, it's not about the individual numbers. It's about getting to that destination again. Yeah. Uh, and if the numbers come down a little bit and they're still winning, it's still a great season. It is. You know, it is, without, um, without a doubt. Again, you have to figure in the personnel. They're adding it, and they've added to the mix. Yeah. Changes the complexion of who gets what, when, and where. Oh. It, hey, our, our guy Dave Zangaro just posted this. Uh, we were talking about who is the Eagles slot corner. And uh, Sean Desai on backup cornerback, nickel backup cornerback Mario Goodrich. Mario's going to be the guy. He's got he got thrown into the fire there unexpectedly, I'm sure for him. But that's a great lesson for everybody to always be prepared. Having the next man up mentality. I thought he got better as the game progressed. Okay, all right. Well, that's look, that's fine. I, like, I, I don't know who the right answer is. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, it should be Job. It should be Eli Ricks. It should be Mark. I, I'm going to trust them who they think it is. And we'll find out. Be, be, it, fortunately, Derek, you are playing a team that doesn't have a great third option. Right. So that's, that's a nice luxury to have uh, in this one. That's for sure. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Let's hit it here. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, yeah, he got thrown in the fire unexpectedly. I'm sure for him, but that's a great lesson for everybody to always be prepared. Have an X-Men mentality up. I thought he got better. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's an interesting quote. All right. Let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Um, a lot to hit Justin Fields, man. Uh, what do you hear what he had to say, uh, regarding his, his, his team's offensive woes. So we'll dive into that. Uh, give you an update on Saquon Barkley, uh, Nick Chubb and, the kind of money that he got, a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into. Well, uh, who's dating who? Derek, your favorite segment uh, oh, of NFL players. I know you love that. Uh, 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 who may have just doomed their career. <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. All of that and a lot more in our NFL segment uh, when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So ask yourself the question. If you have any type of issues, just just quick phone call away. Uh, they are, they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work, give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Hour number three. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis on this Wednesday. All right, let's talk some NFL here, D-Gunn. All right, it's been a, a rough start, to say the least, for Justin Fields uh, and the Bears. Not off to a good good start. So he met with the media today. Um, now, in fairness, he, he talked about the struggles that he's had. Um, he, he, he described himself as robotic, uh, the way that he played against Tampa. But he also went on to say, uh, you know, could be coaching, I think. They're doing what? their job, yep, when what? they're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's time to play free at that point, thinking less and playing more. You, okay. men- you mentioned a coach? Yep. That's bad taboo, man. He's looking. He's looking for finger pointing. It's bad taboo. Yeah. Now, now, what Justin Fields is going through is no different than any other quarterback. 
You give them the game plan. You give them the tendencies. But as the game unfolds, the coach also, whether on the ground or up in the press box, also gives the quarterback intel in terms of what adjustments you need to make. And a quarterback has to make those adjustments on the fly every game. Every great quarterback does not play the same game every week. There's adjustments on the fly each and every each and every series, each and every game. That's the nature of, of, of your job description. For him to say maybe it's the coaching and not taking – I mean, this man has barely completed 60% of his passes. He has two touchdowns and three interceptions. So it tells me that he's not seeing things the way he's been taught to see them. Yeah. Or he's blaming the coaches for not properly preparing him for what he's supposed to do. That's a bad omen. That's where you cause tension. Yeah, That's tension right there. Agreed. Uh, so he, yeah, he went 16 for 29, 211 yards in the air and a touchdown, but he had two interceptions and he ran the ball four times for three yards. I mean, it was, it's a mess. And, and they, I, I read you that stat earlier in the week, you know, they, they, they clock how long the ball's held for a lot of these guys. And, and fields has been over four seconds on a bunch of his sacks this year, which is, you can't mm. do that in the NFL. You have to get rid of the ball or, or, you know, whatever, let it rip but you hold it that long. I don't care who it is. They're going to sack you. You, know, they're, yeah. you can't give defensive lines that much time. So um, yeah, that's not good. I, I look, even if you feel like it's the coaching, you don't say it's the coaching. No. When no. you're a quarterback, you just wear it. You just do. No, no. There's certain things you talk about intensely behind closed doors. And there's certain things you don't say publicly, especially in a market, the size of Chicago, where you have a lot of knowledgeable writers and media people there. Uh, who cover that team year in and year out, week in and week out, you don't give them any more logs to put on that fire. And right now, Chicago is a dumpster fire, okay? Yeah. Bears are a dumpster fire right now with the way they've played. And basically, he's just giving the writers and all the media personnel in that city another log. If I'm the head coach there, Eberflus, as soon as he gets off the podium, we we pull him aside. We have a discussion here. Yeah, yeah I agree. Whether you feel that way or not, we don't air our dirty laundry in public in, in this game. Absolutely. All right. Let me update you on a couple other young quarterbacks and their injuries. So Bryce Young does not practice today, Derek, with an ankle. Um, so he's, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening as the week progresses here, but he's listed as a non-participant uh, for for the Panthers here. Um, they, they only held a walkthrough after playing on Monday night. Uh, so the designation is an estimation of what would have been done in a typical workout anyway. Um, but he, he did not practice. Um, it, Reich's coming under some criticism um, because he's been using Andy Dalton in short yardage situations, you know, potential like quarterback sneaks. You mean like a Taysom Hill type? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he, he, we know Dalton's not anywhere near, you know, as, as mobile as, as Taysom Hill. But it's being done in large part to protect Bryce Young, who's so small. My only thing I would say is I I, I kind of get it, but don't you make it pretty obvious what you're doing if Dalton's coming in? Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, they said they said earlier in the week that they don't they don't do the so-called tush push because they're worried about his sleight of bill. Right. But you have to be able to disguise things a little bit better. I mean, you know, you knew this when you drafted him. You know, probably one of the skinniest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, yeah. being a top draft pick. You know what you were getting. You decided that his attributes as a passer, as a leader, as a scrambler could offset his sleight of build. 
and now you're doing otherwise just two games into a season. That doesn't bode well because let's face it, Andy Dahl's not the biggest quarterback out there. Okay. So why are you making a switch? If anything, give it to give it to a running back. Even though they know it's going to be a dive play on a, a third and one, a fourth and one, let your offensive line do the work up front, get the push for you. Yeah. You got two good backs, and you know, Chuba Hubbard and, and Miles Sanders. Let let the offensive line and the backs do the work for you. You yeah. know? Yeah, go on. So so yeah, yeah. yeah, don't be so obvious making a switch like that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, Anthony Richardson, he's still in concussion protocol. Uh, he, he got a concussion in the first half of their, their game against the Texans. Minshew came in. Minshew played pretty well. Uh, he went 19 of 23, 171 yards and a touchdown. Um, and he took the first team reps on Wednesday. Uh, they would, he would, if he, if Richardson can't come back, obviously Minshew would go against Baltimore this Sunday, uh, if he's unavailable. So, uh, he's playing well too. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from it's, I know it's been limited, but I like what I've seen from Anthony Richardson so far. Um, yes, very athletic again for a man, six, six, two fifty, playing the quarterback position, very athletic, strong arm. Anthony Richardson learned a very valuable lesson on that shot. He took it to go. No, he was in the end zone when he took that hit. Yeah. You might be big by college standards, but you playing grown men in the NFL. And they are going to get their shots on you. You have to be prepared at all times. You have to you have to keep your body tightened at all times because you just never know where it's going to come from. The mm-hmm. fact that he's still in concussion protocol now, ooh, yeah, not good. Minshew mania, get ready. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful here. Uh, Belichick is not worried about the Patriots' offensive identity. Um, they've thrown an NFL high 96 passes. Yep. Um, which is, I'm sure, not what they intend to do. And he said, look, that'll fluctuate a little bit. Uh, do we think it, do we think it's his best the best to do each game? No. Uh, I'd like to score as many points as possible, more than any other team. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so uh, the problem they're having is Ramadre Stevenson is averaging just 2.8 yards per carry. Yep. Zeke is averaging 3.5. So they, uh, they're they not running it well, whether it's the offensive line or the running backs not getting the game done. You don't – Mac Jones is not the guy you want dropping back 40-some-odd times a game at all. No, that offensive line with that quarterback, you need balance. And, you know, Stevenson was a 1,000-yard rusher last season. And whatever the problem is, they better fix it on the offensive line because they're not opening up holes for, for that running game. And, you know, Zeke is not the Zeke he was three or four years ago, but he's still a very good complimentary back. Yeah. So you can take you can take some of that pounding off Stevenson, but there's no reason why your running game shouldn't be averaging four yards a carry with those two guys in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And so with you making Mac Jones one-dimensional, that's not Mac Jones' game. Mac Jones is a better quarterback when he has play action working in his favor, mm-hmm. when he can decept, be deceptive to a defense that they're going to run the ball and he can roll out and throw it. That's Mac Jones' game. You're right. You don't want him dropping back 40, 45 times a game. That spells disaster. And yeah. Belichick even came out earlier this week and said, the offense has been inconsistent at best. When the ball says you better pick it up, you better pick it up. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right, let me give you a couple other things. Uh, as we mentioned, Kareem Hunt signs with the Browns. Derek, he got great money here. 
one year, and maybe this is he can make up to four four million, but one year four million, considering he was on the street, considering you know how, what how terrible salaries that some of these other running backs are getting. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. I'm surprised he's out on the market at this date, healthy. Very good young running back, power back. Very similar to Nick Chubb in terms of power and speed. And he had a lot of success when he was in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he was still out there just shocks me. But like I said on the show yesterday, he was my number one candidate to go back to Cleveland because he had already been there. He knows that offense. All he has to do is get in football shape in a week or two and hit the ground running. This young man, Jerome Ford, can hold it down for me. They can keep Jerome Ford healthy. Jerome Ford has been a surprise for the, for the Kansas City, uh, for the Cleveland Browns up to this point in terms of being a spot runner behind Nick Chubb. Now Jerome steps up to the forefront until Kareem Hunt is ready to go. When they get Kareem ready with that offensive line that they have, I expect that Browns running attack to take a lot of heat off Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, Oof. does not look anything like Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Yeah. Houston, I mean. Mm-hmm. Now he's not playing well. Uh, you know, when we, we chalked up last year to he, you know, a lot of rust and learning a new system, but he's not playing well so far this year. He's completing 55% of his passes. There are just 5.6 yards per completion, 194 yards per game, two, two touchdowns, two picks, one's a pick six sacked nine times in a 69 passer rating. That, that's a heck of a lot of money. You're paying that dude to, to put up those kind of numbers. Yeah. You, you better figure it out in a hurry. Um, because, at this stage, that's stealing money. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if he still isn't comfortable in the system. But even when his athleticism, Rob, when he took off and ran, and ran a few times against Pittsburgh, he didn't have the same speed that he had he you know, a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, so I don't know what it is about him, but you've invested a lot of guaranteed money into this guy changing the complexion of your organization around, and he has not lived up to that billing yet. All right, one guy we could be seeing, I think, moved at some point is Hunter Renfro, the possession receiver for the Raiders, Derek. He, it looks like he's just kind of fallen out of favor there. Uh, I, I always thought he was an effective guy, but it, it looks like for whatever reason, it, it just isn't happening there uh, with him in Vegas. And it, it's sort of been trending this way since he got hurt last year. Uh, you know, but, but if you look at it, really a non-factor, Derek. He's caught one ball this season with one target. You know, that, that, that's that's what, like, special teams guys get <laughs> who were barely even a, a part of anything. So, I, uh, you know, he might not be long for there. I'll just tell you that. He you, can you help talk, somebody. You're talking about Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Well, it's surprising, Rob, because, you know, Devontae Adams went into concussion protocol last game. Right. So, how is it that Hunter Renfro was not – more of a, a viable target now he's i was gonna say was he injured no now he's, he's been he's been in both games he's only had one target in two games uh, and, and his one catch was for 23 yards so i don't understand i don't get this austin hooper is a good tight end yes you got job josh jacobs yes you got jacoby margie but i don't understand how hunter renfro has not been targeted more he's a good receiver yeah. um you know i'm, I'm looking at his and he's only 27 years old, so it's not like he's 30-plus. No, yeah, he's not. Like, like an Adam Thielen. No. You know, but the fact they're not getting him the ball, maybe maybe the chemistry's not there yet. That's Just weird. not there yet with, uh, with, with with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I, look, I 
there were some rumors that he might be traded before the deadline last year, and, and maybe cool. that'll maybe that'll pick up. Uh, I might have mentioned this with the with the Cleveland discussion that we were having. Um, the um, Stefanski is, is doing a good job selling this, but he says, "Hey, we're seeing a lot of good things on tape here with Deshaun Watson," and I get he sort of has to has to spin it that way and say that, but I watched a ton of that game last week, Derek. He he looked like just a guy. He, he didn't. Deshaun Watson didn't look anything special to me. I will tell you that. I will say there was there was one throw that was impressive. There. Cleveland was in a third and long situation deep in their own end zone. Right. And he threw a dart to Amari Cooper on the sideline who did a great job of getting his That was nice. You're right. That was a nice play. And, and that's the Deshaun Watson I expected to see consistently and it hasn't been there yet. Yeah. And I don't know why. You can't say it's because he's not familiar with his personnel because he played with him the latter half of last season, last six games of last season. And obviously, he's had a training camp with him in the preseason, um, you know, a training camp. Mm-hmm. And and so he knows his personnel. I don't understand what's going on with him there. But they've got to figure that out in a hurry because Cleveland otherwise has the overall talent. They still have a talent. And even though they are still reeling from losing one of the best running backs in the game in Nick Chubb, you're bringing Kareem Hunt back in. This kid, Jerome Ford, has been a surprise. And all you have to do is get get the quarterback play you paid for. And I think Cleveland could do a lot of damage. Their, their defense is tenacious. Yeah. You know, they hit, they cover, they tackle well. They, they fly up and down the field. They're furious. They, they, they get good pressure on quarterbacks. All it, all it comes down to now is the play of that quarterback. And they got to figure this thing out in a hurry with him. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this story, uh, this Sergio Brown. Oh, this is weird. Former NFL player. Uh, they found his mother – dead from an assault he's missing uh he's he's considered a missing person in maywood illinois um but there's some reportedly some instagram posts uh yeah so So i don't know what's what with this guy but it it doesn't look good Um, supposedly there's surveillance video that shows him at some location yeah now why is he missing you know and what does it have to do with that assault I don't know, man, but yeah, his, his mother, 73 years old, Myrtle, Myrtle Brown, uh, who knows what's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look good for him. You know, I, I mean, he, if he has nothing to do with it, where are you, dude? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyway, Ooh. weird, very strange. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars fans apparently are none too happy about footing a bill for a new billion dollar stadium there in Jacksonville. So they did a poll of the fan base said, okay, yeah, we would like to help fund this thing. But the rest, 47% don't want to help, even if it means the team will move. 51% they should sell the team altogether. Don't, don't, don't even, don't even waste my time with this stuff. (laughs) What? 51% wants the team sold? Yeah, they don't, they're just, they don't want any of the, any of the headache here with this. Well, you know what? I've been to Jacksonville a number of times. You you were in Jacksonville. It's a nice little town. Um, nothing special. It's not Tampa. Obviously, it's not Miami. It's a nice town. All they have is football there. And, and the fact that people don't care if they keep the team or not. I know, right? It's somewhat shocking to me. I mean, it's the only, the only real sports outlet other than going to the beach. Uh, it's the only sports outlet they have in that area. Right. Now, yeah, you know. I'm a little surprised by that. I mean. I- yeah. Think about it. You go back in the heyday uh, when they had Mark Brunel, Jacksonville had a lot of success back Jimmy then. Jimmy Smith, you know, that Jimmy knows. Smith and those guys. Yep. Um, 
you know, see, you know, Sill says Jacksonville is a Gator in Knowlestown. Okay. Well, it we is, it, but it doesn't mean you can't have a pro team too. Oh, no, no. And it had success there. But he's right. I mean, it is a big, you know, obviously that, that that's huge college football in that area. I just, yeah, you would think you'd want a pro team down Surprise. there. That, that stadium is, is junk though. I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of that stadium. Uh, I, I don't really love that area, but no, no, the infrastructure is bad there. Yeah. You know, in terms of getting around, especially for uh, sporting events. Traffic. Uh, yeah, yeah. The traffic infrastructure is bad there, but I can't imagine any team that currently has an NFL team basically saying the majority want doesn't care if you sell the team or not. Right. I I can't I can't think of another town to be honest. You know, and I'm 31 teams. I cannot think of another town that would basically you would have the sway to polls and say, hey, sell the team. We don't care. I know. I know. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Marcus May, who is the starting safety for the uh, Saints, has been suspended for three games. Um, he was arrested Thursday on a charge of aggravated assault with a firearm. Mm. Uh, he, he was booked into Jefferson Parish Correctional uh, Center. He was the driver of an SUV that was involved uh, in an incident August 29th. Uh, in which he is accused of pointing a firearm at another vehicle that was occupied by several juveniles, uh, you know, following the, it, it, they, they think it's a road rage thing. Uh, his, his attorney says he denies it, uh, blah, 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 blah. So that's, you know, there, there, we, there we go with that one uh, with Marcus May. So well, we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening there uh, on that one. But he's got, he's going to, I'm sure appeal it, but he got a three game suspension uh, for right now. A um, couple other things here, D-Gun, uh, happening around the NFL. Um, good luck, Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about what happens in Baltimore, uh, your connection with Lamar Jackson or any of that. There are rumors that he has been getting friendly with Kim Kardashian. Kiss of death. A.K.A. kiss of death, yes. Kiss of death. Yeah. Hey. Haven't these athletes learned about dealing with the Kardashian women yet? I mean, uh, I don't know what else you need to see here. Doesn't doesn't turn out good, man. Even entertainers doesn't turn out good. Yep. Um, hey, look, Odell, look, man, <laughs> you could have a lot of women, you know, a lot of different women, you know. Um, a lot of women still gravitate towards you because you're Odell. Yes. Why on the world would you pick that particular one? I don't get it. I really don't get it, man. But historically, it was a story that came out years ago. Um, I would say within the last couple of years. I forgot what publication wrote the article. And basically what they did was chronicled the Kardashian daughters uh, dating lifestyle and marriages and how they all end, all ended. It was not good, dude. It was not good. So if I'm out somewhere meet a nice looking young lady and, and says, hi, my name's Derek. What's your name? What's, wait, what, what's your last name again? <laughs> oh, you know what? I just remembered. I got a, I got a conference call. I got to be on in five minutes. I got to roll. Peace out. I'm out. Yep. Get out of there as fast as possible. All right. So there, there's that one. And then, yeah. uh, so Jason Kelsey was asked by the, uh, the WIP morning show today about his brother, Travis, the rumors that Travis is dating Taylor Swift. He didn't deny it. He did not deny it. Well, um, you know, the one thing about Travis is if you date her, 
Um, she is known for when she's breaking up with people, writing songs about yep. her breakups, you know. So, Travis, you know, I know you put yourself out there publicly. Uh, you got a successful podcast with your brother. You're highly visible in commercials. You're a little bit on the flamboyant side in a good way, not a bad yeah. way, a good way. Yeah. Do you really want anything else out there about you if this thing this uh, thing goes sour with her? I don't need to hear my name in some lyrics. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. It usually doesn't end well with Taylor, and, and she has no problems telling about it. Not only that, but whenever she writes um, lyrics about her breakups, those songs end up being like number one hits. Yeah, that's the thing. They're not like just throwaways on the album. They're, they're like, yeah, you're going to be, there's going to be a Travis song. You know what I mean? Like, yo, man. Uh, hey, look, we, we can just do lunch and, and be friends. And, you know, we'll text each other occasionally. But, you know, that's about it. Hey, but he initiated this with this friendship bracelet. He tried to give her the concert and he was stonewalled in. Yeah. Now, obviously, he didn't give up easy. Oh, she know? gave in. <laughs> yeah, she gave in. Um, all right. A couple, uh, couple of Dion related notes here. Um Pretty amazing. Um, so three of the five most watched college games this season yes. have all been Colorado games. Three of the five most watched games. This is a team yes. that won one game last year. Yes. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, they have become the epicenter of college football. Yeah. I never thought we would say that about Colorado, period, even when they were a good football team. It's in a great location, scenery-wise, Low crime weight, um, you know, good university, great educational institution. But if you sit back, if you are an avid college football fan and say, what is the epicenter of college football? The names that roll off your tongue, Alabama, Georgia, mm -hmm. Florida, Florida State, yep. not Colorado. But because of that one man, Deion Sanders, and because they're 3-0, and and because of all the big name actors and entertainers and, and ex athletes that have come through there, all of a sudden it has become the epicenter. And it will be again because, you know, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I saw uh, odds that Oregon is a 20 point favorite over Colorado this game. Oh, uh, read that. Let me see if I can find the spread here. Okay, it it's 21. Oregon is a 21-point favorite. Oregon's a 21-point favorite. Uh, the game's at Oregon. Oregon's number 10. Colorado's number 19. But they are 21-point favorites over under 70 and a half. So here, here's what I, here's why I'm right now. Here's another week of, of in-house motivation for Deion Sanders and his, his upstart Colorado football team. I fully expect to see a video, whether it's not today, but sometime between now and Friday, of Dion giving one of his inspirational speeches to his team in the locker room this week, saying again, "Man, the Ozmakers just made it personal. <laughs> they just—I'm just trying to practice and get better as a team, and they're gonna disrespect us like that. Almost a three-touchdown underdog going into Oregon. Mm -hmm. I can see it happening again. I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Nick Saban had high praise for him." Uh, for Dion, he said, quote, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Dion Sanders. First, he's a great person. He said a great job of marketing the program to create uh, a lot of national interest. But I see their team playing well on the field. They play with discipline. They do a good job of executing. They've been able to score points, play decent on defense. So all the things to me are indicators 
that he's a really good coach. Those two have a pretty pretty good relationship. They do the commercials together and all that. You know, so. I was just about to say, Nick just saying it because he does the Aflac commercial. That's right. He wants to keep that yeah. that nice little bankroll coming in. Keep that little that little money back coming in here. But you know, Nick Saban is one of those coaches. I mean, uh, he's old school, but yeah. he's so secure in who he is and his legacy at Alabama. He doesn't care what anybody else does. He's still going to get a good percent a good percentage of whoever he wants to come oh, to sure. Alabama to sure. keep that machine. He's won his national championships, the highest paid coach in college football. You know, Nick Saban is the, the most high profile coach still. Dion is closing in on him, but Nick Saban <laughs> is still one of the most high profile coaches in all of college football. You, you, know, you were well, yeah. we we were talking about this before the game. The, what's happening with these these blenders? That that's Dion's uh, line Ooh. of sunglasses. Insanity, right? I, I mean, they've had what sixty seven to seventy two thousand pre orders just in the past yes. couple of weeks. Yes, he uh, the company Blenders projected selling sixteen thousand pairs. <laughs> they already have sixty two to seventy something thousand pre ordered. Dion has already generated four and a half million dollars in sales in a pair of dang sunglasses that go for $67. Now, in today's world, when people like to wear all these expensive glasses that cost you a buck fifty, two fifty, sixty-seven dollars is is pocket change for a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. But because they're attached to Dion's name, this upstart sunglass company is dancing in the streets with the volume of money. This all generated just when within the past week. Think right. about it. This cup, can you imagine if you had stock in this company just two weeks ago? Oh my god, are you kidding me? I I, I mean two weeks ago. Oh, oh and and, th- and thank you, Jay Norvell, for, for a little assist there, too. Uh appreciate it. Hey, yeah. hey, look, let me tell you something. If I had 50 G's invested into this company just two weeks ago, Rob, you would be sitting here with a black screen. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'd be or so a daily or yeah. a daily guest host. And you know I love you like family, dude. <laughs> I'd do anything for you. You know, I love your family. Uh, you know, you family to me. I'd do anything for you. But I'm yeah. telling you right now, I would have cashed in two weeks later based on the projections of these sales at $50,000 invested. I'm gone. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, out. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Um, all right, we'll come back. Uh, a couple other things that we're going to hit. Uh, among them, good news from Charlie Manuel. We'll pass that along. Uh, we'll also tell you about Shohei Otani, uh, a near no-no last night. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We'll get into that. Birthdays, movies, all kinds of things in store. Hey, you ain't lying, Jim G. I'm sorry. I mean, because Jim G said D Gun could afford cable again. You ain't lying. <laughs> On that, an investment, a two week investment, I might have bought interest in a cable company. I was going to say, you could own your own cable company if Heck that was yeah. the case. All right. Let's do all that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes 
to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging out with you on this Wednesday, September 20th, as we get you set for the Eagles and the Bucks on Monday night. Certainly a, a lot that we've uh, we've you know, gotten into here uh, regarding the birds and where they are and just trying to straighten some things out, get some things cleaned up a little bit, the passing game and hoping uh, certainly uh, that they get healthy uh, for that Monday night game in general. All right, Derek, let's hit a couple things. I want to start with this one. Um, There was the, the, uh, there's an autopsy that shows it may have been a medical issue, not a traumatic injury that killed a Patriots fan at the game on Sunday night. This was just awful. There was a video capturing a scuffle um, between two, two folks. Uh, Dale Mooney uh, was the, was the man who unfortunately passed away. The preliminary autopsy results did not suggest traumatic injury, but identified a medical issue. Uh, But nonetheless, it was uh, it's pretty scary stuff. And I just, I sit here and I see these incidents, not only at the game, but I see it with stuff that happens in the news or, you know, people out on the street where they're more in, interested in, in filming something, recording yes. something than going to, to aid somebody and help somebody out of a situation. Uh, I just, I don't get it, man. I, I don't, I don't get some of the behavior that goes on at games. Uh, you know, like I get alcohol plays a big part of it. Um, but it's just absolutely absurd that somebody should go to a game and not come back. You know what I mean? Not come back to their family. It's just crazy to me. There have been so many stories through the years where somebody accidentally hits somebody with a blow to the temple, which which leads to the death of an individual. 
that's what that's a, a part of the reason why I don't go to games as a fan. I don't want to take my family to um, a game and have to be subjected to listening to people sitting around me consistently using profanity. You know, um, you live your own life. You do what you want. But in my house, my wife and I, we don't curse in our house. We, we've never cursed at our kids. Right. You know, if, if you set certain standards in your home and they are consistent, even if you have to yell at your kids, you can do it without, you know, being it being profanity laced. Number one. Right. Number two, when I go to a game, I want to enjoy myself. And most of these fights that break out, not just in football games, but in other sports venues, are based on fans wearing one color jersey compared to a t- another person being a visitor wearing another team's jersey. You know, why do you go to a game to embarrass yourself? Why? Why do you do that? And Rob, it has become too commonplace with videos popping up on social media of fans fighting in the stands. I mean, rumbling. And I've seen so many videos where somebody connects with a shot and you see a dude just slump in his seat or slump forward to the ground. It's knocked out cold. Mm -hmm. And then you see all the comments lining up, people applauding this stuff. What is wrong with the mindset of, of, of adults nowadays, man? But the biggest, the biggest travesty is you have multitudes of people that would rather stand there and hold a camera to get video so they can get clicks on their pages, mm-hmm. more so than jumping in and breaking something up that could be, in this case, holding it at death. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it was the blows to the head or what he felt, or he had a medical issue, I'm sure it was exasperated by being in that fight. Now, whatever. I don't know who started it. Whatever the case may be. It's just. Can we just get past this kind of crap? I, I think no, it's no. I think it's alcohol. I think it's a herd mentality. You got a bunch of other people around you wearing a certain color, you know, and you 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 you, you know how that works sometimes with with people. I, I just think it's it's not worth it, man. You're arguing over a freaking football game or a soccer match or whatever. It, it, it's crazy to me. It just see excessive excessive drinking makes you two things: brave and stupid. Yeah, and neither one are good. You know, whether you're in a public place, restaurant, bar, a sporting event, you know, really, is that how you want to be portrayed at any given moment? Yeah. That, you know, you go in control, but all of a sudden you're out of control because of what you consume. Just stay home. Why Why don't you just stay at home? Why would you go to a public place to get thrown out of and possibly not be allowed to enter back into that place for that game or for the rest of the season when you spent your hard earned money to go there? Right. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, don't see that. I, 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 don't, that's a, I don't want to sit around people dropping F-bombs while I'm trying to enjoy something with my family. OK, yeah. yep. I don't want to have to all of a sudden be ducking punches and move my family and having beverages and food and, and, and you know, catch a mustard spilled on me because a couple of idiots going after over your team sucks. My team sucks. Really? Yeah. Think about what you're fighting over. Yeah. Your team sucks. We beat you 10 times. OK, that's a fact. You know, they suck and you beating us 10 times. What else? That should be the extent of it. But no, it goes farther than that. Oh, yeah, well, your team sucked when we beat them in 1985. Really? Is that what we we are as adults? And and, and what image, what lesson are you setting for your children? A lot of these cases, people have kids with. Yeah, I agree. Their kids are there. Yep, I know. I know. You're right. I don't know. It's amazing. All right, let me give you a tweet from. Uh, you me fired up on this topic. I know. I Listen, I, I feel the same way you feel. Um, Avante Maddox put a tweet out. Uh, you can follow him at 2Live underscore AM. He says, seems as though I can never catch a break, but I know for sure I never quit. 
You can count on me. You can count me out all you want, but I know the process. So sounds like he's, you know, far from done. He wants to keep, uh, keep doing it. Good for him. Uh, he's, uh, he's, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, just wish him nothing but the best, but, but God. Uh, he's been injured before and come back. You'll be injured again and come back. Um, you know what? He's tenacious in terms of, of, of coming back from adversity. Basically, he's been his whole life. He's dealt with adversity his whole life. He'll bounce back. He's still a young guy. He's not at the end of his career. He's in the oh, middle yeah. of his career. Yeah. And whether he's in an Eagles uniform or not, he'll be playing with somebody next year. Yeah, and this is not the kind of injury you can't come back from. No, yeah, you, you yeah. know, it's it's not he's not, I don't think he's dealing with what Nick Chubb's dealing with, you know, put it that way. No, no. Praying for you, young man. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the best to him. All right. So this is very good news, uh, Derek. Um, Charlie Manuel uh, mentioned yesterday we got some good reports over the uh, weekend. Uh, as the weekend progressed regarding Charlie, he sent a tweet out yesterday. In fact, uh, I want to thank all the people who are pulling for me. I am touched that you're showing me love. And yep. I want to thank, uh, this is the hospital he's at LKLD regional, uh, critical care team for hustling and being on time. You have kept me in the game and signed Charlie Manuel with a heart and a, and a thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Apparently he's doing good. He's that's Lakeland regional health, by the way, uh, Gunner, that's the hospital he's at down in Florida, but he's apparently responding well to things, uh, out of the ICU, uh, recognizes pictures, you know, voices, people talking to he, he, he's converting. I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's conversing, but he's understanding what's being said to him. So that's, that's a good sign that he's getting there. One of the truly good guys in, in all of sports, you know, he, he's such a likable guy. Everybody loves Charlie and I hope he's back to full recovery real soon. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he, whether he knows you or not, Rob, he makes you feel like you've known him for 20 years. Great way to put it. He, he'll stand there and talk to you all day. Yep. You know, not many people like that left in, in our world. And yeah. so, you know, we, Charlie knows everybody's rooting for him, man, and rightfully so. 100%. Yeah, so that's that's good news there. Uh, Shohei Otani update, Gunner. He had the elbow procedure. How about the same doctor who, who uh, operated on Aaron Rodgers last week uh, did his elbow? Like well, this guy. It's that Neil L. Attaché guy out in L. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so the here's the here's the way it's going to break down. He'll be able to hit from the beginning of the year next year. He shouldn't have any limitations uh, batting for 24. They expect him to be a full go to pitch in 2025, but he will not pitch uh, next year in any capacity. So full hitting and then pitching the following year. Well, here here's the thing, Rob. As phenomenal of a dual player as he is. Um, I don't care if he pitches at all next year, to be honest. What that man does at the plate, that's more valuable for me. Yeah. And if he can, if I can get three, four hundred plate appearances out of him um next season, whoever he's playing for, yep, he's still worth every dime that he's about to get as, as a baseball player. Yep. Um I love I love the fact that that he can throw the ball. But to me, it's like a Bryce Harper situation. I don't need you to play the field that much. We you know we might even teach you how to play first base. Right. We don't even need you. As long as we got you in as a DH every game, let's say let's say 146 out of 162 games. Um uh-oh. I don't want I don't want to bring it up. Well, no, I, I think I think that with him here, here's the thing I was thinking though the other day, no, and I agree with everything. That's your Phillies, and I said, uh oh. Uh, Turner just made an insane play. 
for what it's worth. Oh, uh, but um, the the thing with him is, here's what I wonder about Derek. Is as much as we all love the fact that he's the dual guy, it's incredible. If he has another arm injury, at some point he's going to say, you know what, forget the pitching part. I'm just going to become a hitter. I sure. think. I mean, he's already had two basically like Tommy, two elbow surgeries now in in what, five years. So I don't know that you want to keep going down that road if you're him, you know. Look how he came back from the first one and what he was uh, this year in in terms of a pitcher. Um, I I, I love the fact that that you can use them either or. The fact that here's a guy who's who pitches every fifth day and is inserted into the lineup every day. You you won't see that phenomenon again. I don't think for a long time to come, if if ever. Yeah. But if there's one aspect of his game I need more than other, what more than the other, it's him at that plate. Yes. The way he hits with power and spraying the ball, and the consistency hitting for high average. Um, I'll take that. If if push comes to shove, I'll take that more than anything else. To be no honest, question. I I agree with you. I agree with you. Now this is sort of this is sort of painted with the backdrop of, I get it. So Blake Snell's never gone eight innings in his career. Yep. He had a no, no, uh, after seven, he was over a hundred pitches last night. The Padres pulled him. He had no problem with it. They told him up front, you know, as he, as the innings were going on, everybody was on board. Nobody had any problems, et cetera, et cetera. So he comes out, um, you know, now on the heels of watching what's happened with Lorenzen, I, I don't know. I like in the past, I'd say, keep the guy in there and let him get a no hitter. But I, now I'm, I guess I'm just like, all right, fine. If this is what the way things are now. And, and if the pitcher doesn't have a problem with it. All right. You know, that's the way we, that's where we're at now. You know what? Whether the pitcher has a problem with it or not. Manager gets the last call. Yes. You got to police these guys against themselves. Sometimes you do. Yep. You, do. you know, we, we talk about how <clears throat> sometimes we think, managers pull pitchers too soon this day and age of oh man he's already got 65 pitches in three innings we gotta that's gone a little bit too far but when you got a player like that um and he gets into the seventh or eighth inning and you're in a game you, you've more than done your job mm-hmm. plain and simple you know yeah. we got a lot of guys sitting and we pay a lot of money to to come in and finish off what you started at that point it, it's a field decision you know it, it's it's how i feel decision about what i'm seeing from that play you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Hey, look, right. I like to get get out there and try to finish it, but I understand the bigger picture here. Yeah. <coughs> I had no issue with it. Oh, by the I way. Noticed, so I, noticed, I know you, you keep looking up at the monitor above you there. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. Uh, yeah, so, I don't keep behind me, but the producers tell me, D-Gun, you got to keep the TV off. It's a distraction. Nola pitched well for whatever it's worth, but it's, yes, being frittered away. All right. So the, uh, the Rays, uh, Gunner, uh, have uh, have agreed to a $1.3 billion stadium to be done by 2028 in St. Petersburg. I guess I just asked the question, are there enough people there that care? To me, Tampa, Tampa is like Miami, Jacksonville, San Diego, Phoenix, because there's so many transients there who are not true blue fans who grew up in those areas, you have a mixture of a lot of different fans there. I never deemed Tampa as a hotbed baseball environment. Definitely. Now, when, when they win, and, and they're winning this year, when they win, fans come out. When they lose, seats are empty. Yeah. Um, 
the fact that they have already committed $1.3 billion to a stadium that will take five year, almost five years to complete, a little less than five years to complete, I'm a little surprised that it's Tampa. Um, if, if, it's a, if it's a true baseball market, I get it. But Tampa? Um, but that tells me, you know, because you don't spend money frivolously like that to, to put that kind of money into a stadium. So that tells me all the people who have done the projections from the team officials to the city officials feel that their baseball fan base is loyal enough to where we will pay, we will make the money to pay this stadium, whether it's 20 or 30 years down the road, maybe even sooner for that matter, depending on the product that Tampa keeps putting on the field. Yeah, right? I mean, th- th- that's a good product. You made a great point. You make a really good point there. Th- this is a very well-run organization, and yes. they know what they're doing, and which will keep them sustainable in terms of interest because they are good. You, you're right about that. You, you're very much right about that. Uh, hmm. It's a good point. That's why you're you, man. That's why you're D-Gun. Thank you. Right um, again, D-Gun. You right again, D-Gun. You wrong. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do a little uh, birthdays. You ready? Uh, hold on here, hold on. Uh, yes, I'm ready. Okay. All right, Sophia Loren, still with us, doing her thing. 89 years young. God bless. God bless one of the one of the greatest of all times. Yes, yes, she's mm-hmm. a she's a goat for sure. Um, John Barenthal, who's a very good actor. Uh, he's yes. 47 years old. He he's got great range. He's he can play a lot of different roles. Yes. You know, yes. he can be a bad guy. He can play a good guy. I loved him in Ford versus Fairmount. Uh, Fairmount. Um, but he's, he's walk he's been a ton of stuff. I mean, tons, uh, Kristen Johnston actress, uh, was a third rock from the sun. I think she was in that 56 years old today. Uh, Gary Cole, another guy who I think is good in everything that he's in, man. He, he played the, uh, the boss in, uh, in office space. Yeah. I'm going to need you to come in on, uh, on Saturday. (laughs) London Lundberg, I think his name was at the coffee mug. Uh, love that guy, but he's good in everything. Yeah. You talk about an actor who can play a variety of roles. This guy went from playing movies like American Gothic and Midnight Caller to Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the that's, Brady Bunch. He played Mike, Mike Brady in the Brady yeah. Bunch movie. That, that's a range right there. Yeah, he's good. He's and he, He'd be really funny. Uh, he's good. Trayvon Diggs, uh, Cowboys uh, defensive back, got paid. Happy 26 to him. You get, you get, you get, the game, bro. You get a nice cake for, for the kind of cake he's making. Woo! Um, and Mira, who who was part of uh, Stiller and Mira, who's Ben Stiller's mother, uh, who was a, a an actress comedian, passed away. She was born in 1929. And Mira, uh, Dorothy Vaughn, Dorothy Vaughn. If you don't, kids, if you don't know about Dorothy Vaughn, look it up. She was born in 1910. She was known as the Human Computer. Uh, she was the first African American woman uh, to work for NASA. She yep. was absolutely brilliant. I mean, nothing short of brilliant. Uh, yeah, so she 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 is uh, uh, worthy of, of the uh, of the notoriety. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, the mm. uh, the race car driver, he is uh, forty eight years old today. Uh, Charlie Weber, the actor, is forty five years old today. Moon Bloodgood, the actress, is forty eight years old today. Uh, Red Auerbach, the 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 architect of those great mm. Celtics teams for years and years and years. Born on this day in 1917, Philip Phillips, the act, the singer, excuse me, uh, is 33 years old. Guy Lefleur was born. Yeah, Lefleur is uh, was born on this day in 1951. Did you know about Mr. Guy Lefleur? Yeah, the first player in NHL history to have six consecutive 
50 goal seasons. And he is the first player in NHL history to have six consecutive 50 goal slash 100 point seasons, my friend. That is no. I didn't know that. See, I'm here to fill in the blanks, Rob. You, you are on fire. You are on fire here in this last segment. Unbelievable. Um, Robert Lasardo, uh, actor, is 60 years old. He's a scary looking cat. He oh. he plays villains in a lot yeah. of movies, and he looks. It, it is not a lot of makeup that needs to be done for that. He is. Yeah. He's one of those dudes. Like you're like, whoa, okay, whatever you need, man. Yeah, yeah woof, scary. Mm. Anyway. Uh, John Tavares, NHL player, is 33 years old. The great Jim Taylor, yes. uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, was born on this day. Great great Packer, as you know, Gunner. Yes, uh, sir. Born on this day, 1935. And Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph uh, is 51 today, the, the defensive coach in the NFL. Mm. That's all I got, birthdays. What else do you have? Uh, the name George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. He uh, wrote a series of epic novels called A Song of Ice and Fire. Guess what they became? Uh, The Emmy Emmy award-winning series Game of Thrones and the prequel House of Dragons. Oh, boy. That man's 75. You realize the money that man made just off that series of novels? No kidding. Wow. You kidding me? You you kidding me? All right. So, anyway, you have Grant Delpit, uh, the cornerback for Cleveland, is 25. Uh, the name Debbie Morgan, great actress, uh, 67. And the reason yeah. I know that name is because back in the 80s, when all of my all my children, uh, soap opera was in its heyday and big, when my wife would work day side and I would work mid-shift tonight, she'd make me watch all my children so I could fill her in on what's happening. <laughs> very well and she was a star? She was one of the stars of it? One of the stars in that. Oh, my God, that's she, funny. She's 67. Okay. Dante Hall, who was voted uh, one of the 10 greatest return specialists of all time, Yep. is 45. He ranked, he's ranked number 10th, as a matter of fact, greatest return specialist of all time. He Sir, was an incredible return man. Oh, what? 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 Kansas City, those, oh my God. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, the former Philly. The Bob. Okay. He's 35 today, for currently a goalie for the Florida Panthers. He had a great year. Took a, They went all the way to the Stanley Cup this past yes, year. Yes, he did. Uh, matter of fact, he had a great year when he was with the Flyers in 2010. He did. Um, Deborah Roberts, NBC's news anchor reporter, is 63 on this day, and that'll do it. All right. All right. I'll give you, give you some movies here. All right. Uh, we'll start with this one. The first Wives Club from 1996. Rambo Last Blood yep. uh, from, from 2019, which was okay. How much any of the Rambos? I think it was like he had to go get his niece from, I don't know where she well, was. From Mexico? Is that the one? Mexico. It was that one. It was the Mexico. Oh, and he, and he, and he rigged the entire farm property? And yes. Took a- for when they came after him, he blew up the whole farm property. That might be my favorite one of all of them. I like two. I like First Blood when he goes to Vietnam and gets POWs. That's my it, set. My- okay. And I'll tell you what the other one I like, too, was the one where he went, he took a bunch of missionaries into Vietnam. He didn't want to do it. He took them in there. Of course, they get into trouble. He yeah. goes back in to get them out. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Downton Abbey movie. I didn't know there was even a movie. I know there's a TV show. That's from 2019. Uh, the Colony from 2013. Ad Astra is also 2019 with Brad Pitt. Uh, that's it. That's all I had with the with movies. Mm, okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Prisoners, 2013. The Standoff, 2016. And Bait, 2016. 
Okay. All right. Uh, yes. So here's what we have coming up tomorrow. Again, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get you further uh, into the, the hey, real quick, real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Giants have officially ruled out Saquon for tomorrow. Oh, that's a big one. Yep. Okay. So they're they're Yeah. They're at San Francisco tomorrow, man. That's boy. That's going to be a tough spot that yeah. Yeah, they're, they're looking at one and two. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They'll be the, you know, everybody else in the division is undefeated right now. Uh, tough spot, tough spot. That was going to be hard anyway, going there. Yes. You know, especially difficult without Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. You put a lot on, on Daniel Jones here, uh, to try and carry against that team. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and I, and you, I also think Purdy's going to, going to bounce back. He, he missed a couple, couple big ones, uh, last week. Anyway, uh, oh, right. Giants, yeah. Giants have also ruled out their left tackle, Andrew Thomas. Jeez. Ooh. It just goes from bad to worse. The Ravens signed Kenyon Drake to the practice squad because they, they okay. have some you know running right. back issues, obviously a little little thin there. Uh, but yeah, we'll continue with the uh, with the uh, Eagles and Bucks, and certainly uh, we'll recap whatever happens with the Phillies today uh, as they have an off day tomorrow, and then we, we'll dig into some of the better games uh, in the NA, in the NFL this upcoming weekend. All right, hey, folks, hey, to thank yes, hey, Phillies win or lose this game. What do you win. think? No, I'm saying you think they're going to win it? Yeah, I think they're going to win. I love yep. your optimism. All right. <laughs> All right. Want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, great job producing, man. Appreciate you. Thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, everybody streaming, everybody listening. We appreciate you as well. Uh, don't go anywhere. Next three hours, you get the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Uh, for D-Gun, I am Rob Ellis. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. And we're back at it. Same time, same channel tomorrow. See you guys then. EA 